Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. And we're coming live from the traveling, built forward, tough studio. Boomer Assize and Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are on the free Odyssey app, good Wednesday morning. We are back at the Blue Wire Studios here at Win Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58, where I feel like nothing is going on as far as Super Bowl talk. We might have been the biggest story from Super Bowl week yesterday with the Randy Moss mix-up. <laughs> and both Randy Mosses, both the black and white Randy Moss, chimed in on X last night over the Al Dukes mix-up. And that video went everywhere. And then last night, another one of these, oh my God, Knicks injuries that could derail the season as Jalen Brunson turns his ankle. He should have been out of the game for good. Of course, the Grizzlies are mounting this comeback in the fourth quarter. Tibbs puts the guys back in, the starters back in. Now, initial reports are they don't think that he's going to be gone for a long period of time, but this is just going to be another one of these ambiguous we're waiting around we're never going to get an answer we don't know how long someone's going to be out thing that's going to drive us absolutely crazy so hopefully everybody is healthy in time for the games that matter good morning boomer how are you hey good morning jay i'm doing well and yes uh i saw the injury last night and i was like man this looks like one of those twisted ankle things that happens to these players and happened late in the game and you're thinking to yourself because we didn't see the whole game because we were we we're out having dinner, and then when you finally got back and watched the end of the game, like what the hell's he doing in the game? Yep. But you, as you put it there, they they were the uh, Grizzlies were making a comeback, so Tibbs just wanted to make sure they were going to win the game. As this is what happens, I think, and it's not it's not the fault of anybody. I'm not blaming anybody for this, but this is what happens when you take players out towards the end of the game. They're winning. They cool down. They sit down on the bench, and in their minds, they're not thinking, "Hey, I got to go back in." So when you have that kind of thought process and then you have to go back in, it's hard to get it restarted. Now, I'm not saying that's why he got hurt. I'm just saying that could be one of the reasons why. But he was still trying to drive to the basket, do what he normally does. And all of a sudden, I, you know, it's like his leg gave out. Yeah, it was strange because earlier in the same possession, he had slipped on the floor 
And then and then he does it again, you know, going to the basket. So I it, But is it the floor or was it him sitting on the bench getting something on the bottom yeah. of his uh, you know, of his of his sneaks? Who knows? Yeah, I mean and he's always so in control of his body, he never looks out of control. So I do think that that has something to do with it, where both mentally and physically he was done. And then wait, yeah, I gotta go back and save this situation to go back in the game, well, but I mean, of course, nothing can be easy with the Knicks. Just can't be. Yeah, but you know, the good news is, is that the All Star break is coming. They yeah. they won. They'll get a they'll get a, an extended breather, and Ananobi should be back. Uh, I don't necessarily know that uh, we'll see Julius Randle. So what are we in February now? Maybe mid March. Maybe if we're lucky. <laughs> so that would be four weeks from now. If you think about that, yeah. And 33 and 18 with another wins, having won nine out of 10. Uh, they are what now? Two and a half games or two full games ahead of the 76ers in the, in the four seed. And they're still trucking along with these injuries. And now you just hope that Jalen Brunson is healthy enough. Not, I mean, cause he also wants to play in the all star game. That, that is a cool thing yeah. for him. He doesn't, he doesn't want to miss that. Well, you know what? That's not important. I'm sorry. It's not important to us. It's important to him. Yeah, I know that. I know. But I, if he has to miss that, that would suck. But I just, it has to, it's just one thing. Like Julius Randle, injury. OG Ananobi, injury. Jalen Brunson now, injury. Now, it's a long way to go. Uh, but it's just, it feels like there's too many speed bumps with this team. Even when things are going well, there has to be something that is is a challenge. But it's not easy. Obviously, you got Joel Embiid and the Sixers dealing with what they're dealing with. So it's not like we're the only ones having uh, having issues. The Bucks fired their coach. I mean, everybody's got their problems. But health and the Knicks, not exactly two things that are working together. What did you think of uh, Kyrie, Irving, uh, Kyrie Irving's comments after About the game? Adams? Yeah, he blamed uh, you know the, the problems that that were going on in Brooklyn on Mayor Adams. You know, I'm with Kyrie on this one. Yeah, I mean, this is, I know, with the famous drop, I'm with Kyrie. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm I mean, still with Kyrie on this one. I mean, because of the, the boneheaded policies sure. that we were all living through yeah. and basically affected Kyrie, much like it affected many uh, public worker uh uh, folks that lost their jobs because they were not willing to get the, the vaccine. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a crazy moment in time, and he stood up for what he believed in. And the the issue that I have, though, with, with Kyrie is that's not the only thing that kept him off the court. There was, remember the year before when he just disappeared? Yeah, he didn't it, want to play in the bubble. It, well, not, that was the year before that. Oh, okay. So there were, <laughs> first there was. Oh, yeah, it, then he left for like two weeks. Yeah, and nobody knew where he was. And Steve Kerr was like, I don't know where, I mean, not Steve Kerr, uh, uh, Nash. Uh, Steve Nash is like, I, we, we don't know. And whatever he, Kyrie needs, we're here for him. Yeah, and he remember he disappeared? A, yeah, he needed a mental break. Right, so like you have the, the bubble thing, then you had that, and then yeah. obviously the vaccine thing after that. So, I mean, the follow-up question, I don't know if there was a follow-up question, but what about all the other games that you missed because you were just you? It had nothing to do with the vaccine. I kind of like the fact that he takes a shot at Mayor Adams, though, because Mayor Adams has no clue what's going on. Well, has no clue, has no handle of New York City whatsoever. It is completely out of control. Yeah. The whole, the whole city is out of control. No, I, you know I, that? You, yes. I know that. We all live there. Anybody who does live there knows this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is so far gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I, listen, I know. <laughs> that's why I'm with Kyrie on this one. Yes. I mean, I... I I'm with you. I like the shot of Mayor Adams. That's right. Boomer doesn't like Democrats. <laughs> especially especially ones that have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this is tough. Picking between Mayor Adams and Kyrie Irving. I'll pick Kyrie every time. <laughs> I don't care.
but in that particular thing, obviously, uh, we when we've said it many times before that that we understand why Kyrie did what he did during that thing. But there's so many other issues that the guy had. Yeah, and let's, and let's not forget the the movie that he retweeted that said that the Holocaust didn't exist. Did that have anything to do with Mayor Adams? Like there were so many things that Kyrie did in a Nets uniform that had nothing to do with the vaccine mandate that led to his tenure being a complete disaster. So the fact that he just like pointed to the one thing that people could have his back on, right? I thought was weak. Well, I'm just telling you, this is the only situation that I have his back on. The other stuff I don't have his back on. Well, I, but I will say that we spent more time talking about the Nets during the the tenure that he and Kevin Durant were here than every other year, I think, combined. Yeah, and it had nothing to do with the Nets and their franchise, everything to do with those players. And we're still talking about those players. You know, they just happened to be in Nets uniform. Did they do a Kyrie uh, tribute video last night? Or was that in, where was it? Was it in no, Brooklyn was, last night? Yeah, he, he'd he been back before, right? right? Didn't he come back last year? I don't know. I think they might have done a video for, I, I have no idea. I, I don't, I, I just, I try. I don't care. I try, I, I, I do not care about the Nets and their tribute videos. <laughs> that is one thing I don't care about, but... I mean, Kyrie Irving, you have to say, he's, he's playing better than he has in years. I mean, that's why that question came up is how come you never played like this with the Nets? I mean, and, and he, we just detailed. Well, all the he reasons couldn't why. play with the Nets. He didn't get vaccinated well, okay, that but, for that one situation. Well, yes, well, I know. I understand. Once again, I know, he I also know. got suspended yes. for being an anti-Semite. Yes, he did. <laughs> did we forget about that? No, we're not forgetting okay. about that. All right. But I mean, he's, he took no ownership of it, but I, I have to say, taking a shot at the mayor that's doing nothing and it's completely lost, I'm with Kyrie. All right, on, on that particular Let me ask you a question. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. We, do, we do this show every day, right? And we have a lot of fun here. We enjoy our time. And you never know what we say or what happens around this show and where it's going to end up and where it's going to go. Fair. Yeah. Right. So obviously Al made this bonehead mistake yesterday of screwing up the Randy Mosses, the white and the black Randy Mosses. <laughs> That's right. And uh, and the Randy Moss, the black Randy Moss actually <laughs> tweeted at you, Al, and said, I wish I would have said this yesterday and I saw this last that I couldn't stop laughing just seeing what the Randy Moss said. Yeah, and I, and I saw it when it popped up and Jerry and I were out watching the Rutgers Maryland game and I, I slapped him on the shoulder because I was so excited. He's like, dude, what? What are you doing? Like, I was like, look at this. And someone got moused is what he put up there. Uh, and he quote tweeted the WFAN account that I, had the video in it. I, I have to tell you what I saw that I was in the back of a car. Yeah. And I saw that pop up and I was crying laughing because I could just see the black Randy Moss saying that. You know, I mean, it was just yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Yep. And and I guess the white Randy Moss. He did. He tweeted out something as well. Did you know this, Al? Uh, I heard Gio say it this opening segment. I went and looked at it. Okay, what does it say? It's just something stupid, like we're both good-looking professionals. or something dumb. <laughs> I, 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 I don't like well, this so guy. We're not, not going to attack him now. It's not I his I kind of would like to. Well, attack the PR firm that right. booked them. Yeah. They, don't want to attack him. They're running, a little, they're running a little scam, these guys. You feel like it's a scam. You feel, like, you feel like it's a NYCHA situation. They're, which one? NYCHA. What's that mean? There's a $2 million scam going on there in New York City, too. <laughs> yeah, I just feel yeah. like... The, they they know that people are going to confuse the real Randy Moss yeah. and the horse racing Randy Moss, and they're taking advantage, being that we're here at the Super Bowl. So you think the PR firm is Correct. the one to blame? 
Yes. But they did see the thing to me is that they didn't send you like a picture and a bio of the Randy Moss that you booked. Because then you would have known. They did ask if I wanted one, but I was like, no, we know who Randy Moss is. We're good. Yeah. So a lot of things happened. Like a, a perfect storm had to happen, and it did. Okay. Yeah. And the, the white Randy Moss, Al's right. It's, it's silly. It's not funny. He says, we share the same name, and we're both damn good looking, but I never thought there was much resemblance, is what he quote tweeted. I mean, but the point being is like, you know, if you're him, and we have this whole thing go viral yesterday, and then you have the black Randy Moss saying that, Someone got moused. <laughs> I mean, it is hilarious. Oh, it was great. I mean, yes. we, were, we were living in a movie yesterday is what was going on. I mean, the fact that that someone got mossed tweet is better than anything that could have happened with either one of those guys showing That's up. Here. I, was, I was giggling when I saw it. And yesterday, <clears throat> we had our CBS media scrum mm-hmm. where everybody, and I didn't realize how many on-air talent people there are doing the Super Bowl on Sunday. I mean, oh, yeah. It is there's like 40 of us, and we're all up on stage yesterday, and then we break out and go to these small little areas, and then we get asked questions about a lot of other things other than the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, and um, what was interesting was uh, seeing all the brass from CBS and everybody over there, literally everybody commented <laughs> on Al's screw-up. Yeah, everybody. I mean, I mean, I, I, I know that, that we are we live in our own bubble, but I, I really mean and meant that that was probably the biggest story coming out of the Super Bowl yesterday out here was that that got more headlines than than any, nothing happened yesterday <laughs> with the 49ers and the Chiefs. That was the thing. Yeah, nobody said anything stupid or anything. That else. was the Super Bowl week story on what is today on Tuesday. That's what it was. Yeah, well, I mean, we just, we're not really into the week yet. Now we're into it. Like, yeah, this is the halfway point for us. Yeah, I know. But I mean, because it was so quiet, that, that was the story. Al, do you want to share any of the conversation you had with the PR person after the show yesterday? Yes, I would. So, uh, he called and I said, uh, I said, yeah, we're going to cancel Randy Moss. I said, there was some confusion. I said, you know, I, I read the emails quickly. I saw Randy Moss, Super Bowl week. Let's talk NFL. And I and 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 that happened. I go, and the the PR guy goes, "Yes, we're very vague on purpose when we pitch him." I said, "Oh, I go, well, that's not a good idea." I said, "Because you're confusing people." He goes, "Well, why why should we say the other Randy Moss, where he's not the Randy Moss? He is the Randy Moss. He's a very accomplished broadcaster." I said, "Yeah, but you're doing it Super Bowl week." I go, "It's just it's very confusing." I said, "Be honest." I said, "I've worked at WFAN." For 17 years, I've never heard of your Randy Moss. So your it's not Randy that Moss. top of mind. Yeah, because you're not into horse racing. Right. And But by the way, when he was on the NFL Network, he was very much involved in the draft and, and all of those things. He is very accomplished. You have to admit that. In horse racing. And, and also covering football. Right, but if he is, then you have to right off the bat go, hey, we have Randy Moss. No, not the Hall of Fame wide receiver, but the terrific broadcaster, Randy Moss. No, they said to you, horse racing in the oh, email. You just didn't wait, go wait, deep wait. into the email and stop blaming a PR guy. <laughs> it's really your fault when it comes down the, to the it. The biggest point in all of this is this was Super Bowl week. Yeah. So it's like Radio Row, Super Bowl week, Randy Moss. If Al had gotten that email the Friday before the Kentucky Derby, he might have looked into it more going, this is strange that Randy Moss wants to come on in May. I don't understand. But it's Randy Moss Super Bowl week. He gets a million emails, names, football. I mean, it's really easy to get confused. He didn't read the whole email. I breezed through it. That's right. No, we can't Skim. breeze through things. You got to follow through. 
You got to read things. I mean, I, you know, I know what you do. I wonder if uh, the that story going all around yesterday got other shows that were like, oh, damn, we have him booked as well by accident. We got to cancel. His yeah. schedule may be wide open now. <laughs> yeah. And there was actually the whatever place TVG or somebody that was using him to promote stuff put out a press release saying Randy Moss doing interviews on Radio Row right. promoting horse racing. So other people had booked him. I guarantee there's at least one of those shows that made the same mistake. And I, well, the thing that I worry, wonder about now is if he did give an interview at Radio or Media Row, did he refer back to this situation? I would think so. And he's got nothing else going on, I mean, man. Like, ask him, right? I mean, right? Would, you would think somebody would have to ask him that question, right? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what, yeah. What else do you ask him? <laughs> Honestly. Well, who's going to win the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, it's February. <laughs> what man. does the field look like? Well, yeah. that's you know, it's a couple months away. I, so, I mean, that guy, he got whatever promotion he was looking to get out of being on this show. He got fifty times more. Yes. From the screw up, so he should be happy about it. And I wonder, what I want to know is how far did the real Randy Moss watch that clip? Like, did he watch it all the way to the end? Or did he just, like, someone told him about it and he tweeted it out? Like, I'm picturing Randy Moss watching three and a half minutes of Boomer and Geo <laughs> laughing, you know? Hopefully he was, because his response to it made me laugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, and he's, he's <clears> tremendous. <throat> so, I, mean, I don't know, maybe, he, I know he is actually here. <clears throat> He is in Vegas. Yeah, well, he's working with ESPN. And he's <laughs> right, but he's also promoting Frito-Lay, I believe. So, I don't know. Maybe he feels bad and, and gets up and shows up at the win. You never know. Yeah, well, it's 316 here. <laughs> yeah. He may not have gone to bed yet. Maybe. Or I he, mean, maybe if he comes walking through here, you, you never know. True. But he's also, he's a guy that, I, as I told you, the honeymoon, he was like 8 o'clock in the morning. He was running sprints on the beach. He likes to take care of himself still. He, maybe he's up early. Maybe he goes to bed early. He's at the gym. We saw Roger Goodell walking around with security. He came from the gym. Can you imagine us guys getting up at 1230 in the morning running sprints before <laughs> we came on the show? <laughs> no. Come on, guys. Let's go outside run some sprints. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Although Eddie did walk six miles in the rain yesterday. Did you not? I did, yes. The picture of health that Eddie Cesarius was out there getting his steps in. Where where did, where did you walk? Like in the, uh, <clears throat> do the mall walking with all the malls around here? No, I, I walked to the uh, UNLV bookstore on the UNLV cam campus. I wanted to get a, a UNLV t-shirt. So Oh, that, Eddie doesn't know how the internet works, apparently. I could go into the Hermes down here. <laughs> I think alarms might go off if I walked into that store. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, all right, it is Boomer and Gio on the fan at CBS Sports Network. Hermes. Uh, we I, need a, I need a scarf. <laughs> how much is that scarf? An S-cut, please. $5,000. <laughs> For, for a scarf. Right. We will have Jerry <laughs> join us in just a couple I'll of minutes. I'll trade you my car for that scarf. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Boomer Geo on the fan at CBS Sports Network. Yesterday, last night, the big Rutgers-Maryland game, which this Boomer and Jerry bet was on. Where if this was straight up, by the way, which is something that was silly. I didn't realize how big of a favorite Maryland was. Uh, Jerry should have gotten some points or something, but he didn't need it because Rutgers ends up winning, which means that Boomer owes Jerry $1,000. If Maryland had won, Jerry would have had to take a gummy, a weed gummy on the air during Thursday's show. He avoided that. So it's uh, it's pay up time, man. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, Jerry. What you're hearing. You know, there you go. It's a lot of cash. Now, I will cash, tell you. Cash. Give me cash. Usually, and there have been times you've given us money. I'm like, no, 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 no. You would have made me eat the gummy. Of course. Therefore, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was a bet. Yeah, it was. I get but it. I know, but sometimes it's like, eh, a little Rob weighted heavier and one I'm, way. I'm not going to get mad at college kids for losing a game. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm of not going to do not. that. But the one thing I will say about college basketball, and Maryland is is as big a victim of this as anybody, is that they are so inconsistent. One minute they could beat Purdue, and then they lose to a terrible Rutgers team. They're not terrible. What are you talking about? Well, that makes us terrible, too. They're not. Neither of these teams are terrible. I, mean, they're, Stop they're it. I know it was a competitive second half, too. But there was something that did annoy me, because I was taking you guys out to dinner last night. Okay. And I, you know, because I was And you running, didn't show up to watch the game. Yeah, because well, I was running all over because I had the CBS. I know, but um, we did have plans. We had plans yes, to watch the game together, and did. you sent the text, sorry, not going to make it. I, yeah, because I got stuck at the CBS uh, media And if that happened to me, you'd say, excuses, don't want to hear excuses. <laughs> you didn't show up for our big viewing party. Well, what really bothered me was what Gio told me when he sat down to dinner while you weren't there. Which was? I actually don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> what was this? <laughs> you didn't remember taking a you didn't remember taking a picture with uh, Brooks Kepka for right. God's sake. That is correct. <laughs> I did the combat a thousand years. <laughs> what was this that I said? Oh, I know that I wasn't showing up to dinner until the game is over. Yeah, I don't give a f who wants me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is true. Yeah, is it, well, I remember yeah, saying that, but I do remember saying I am not is, leaving what, here what until this he game's say? over. What did he say? It, it was, and I don't give a bleep what anybody says, <laughs> meaning me, all of us. No, me. Hey, no. boomer, up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. He was locked in, though. He was totally was. locked into that game. That was that was a. Uh, uh, an unusual, just a, not a uh, on-brand Jerry reaction. He was locked in. That's his team. 
you know, you really can't hold him responsible for those comments. Is it really his team now or is it Carlin's team? I well, mean, I, I, I'll tell you what, they keep winning with Carlin as the announcer. They did win in Michigan and I was there. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. In Pikel, I trust. So it was, it was a good night. It was a very good night. For you, it was. Yes, exactly. And so, by the way, you came to, I, I, you know, obviously I knew what was going on. I was following it on my right. phone. And uh, I did have a glass of champagne waiting for you. And I sucked it down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did. So thank you very much. Mm. Appreciate that, as okay. they say. Uh, we are brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human grade dog food delivered right to your door. And by Jack Pocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. Let's just, since we're talking about it, get it out of the way as we hear your guy, Chris Carlin. Williams with two on the shot clock. Williams driving. Puts it in. Jeremiah Williams with a tough lay-in. And a foul, and the official James Breeding says we got to take a look to make sure he got the shot off before the shot clock violation. Well, I he believe he did. He did, as a matter of fact. One thousand dollars. You don't remember they were giving away cash back oh, in the day on CNB? Right. Yes, yeah. yes. One thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that is um, awesome. Perfect. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, anyway, so Rutgers does win. That was Chris Carlin. <laughs> These on, teams uh, are like even. What? Totally yes. Even. Yeah, absolutely. And forget, forget the bet. That was a big game for Rutgers to kind of get themselves back into the mix in the conference. So good win. I think it Wisconsin on Saturday at Jersey Mike's Arena at 12 noon. And I will be home for that. So Chris, ease up. I'll be back. So you're going to Wisconsin. No, that game's at home. Oh, it's at home. Okay. That's a home game. Yes. So are you leaving? Friday? Friday after the show. Okay. Correct. Um, you can skip the Steve Peichel. We'll keep it on the college oh, wait, we're basketball. We're $100 skins today. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> uh, we'll see you out there, kids. <laughs> yeah. Hope yeah. You- 45 degree weather. Hey, whatever it takes. Real, mile an hour winds. Real feel. 34. Oh, yeah. Is it really going to be that? Yes. Oh, and Lord. passing showers. Uh, I don't think it's going to rain. Okay. I was I was looking. I hope not. I'm pretty confident it's not going to rain when we're out there. I hope not. I um, saw two o'clock showers. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh God, that's pretty much what this week is out here. No, no, it's, it'll be fine. I'm look. I'm Home, looking at it here. Sunny and mild. No, 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 we're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's like three percent chance when we're out there. All right, rain. We're we're totally good today. There's plenty of Casamigos out there, right? <laughs> it's, it's, I'm telling you, it actually comes out of the ground. <laughs> <You'll see. laughs> I'm not kidding. It's buried in certain places. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, come on. It is. They yeah. bury Casamigos on the golf course. There like is treasure. Yeah. And then if the, the <clears> caddy <throat> will let you know if we're nice enough to him, then oh, we'll be nice enough to him as I'm taking your cash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so do me a favor, Zoo. Let's skip the Pikel and the Minko. I will tell you St. John's did win as expected over DePaul. And number one, UConn beat Butler. Let's get to the Knicks story because this is a big one as the Knicks beat the Grizzlies. But had this happen. Brunson, jump shot. Can't get it to fall. Hart tips it. Brunson runs it down. Those are the intangibles we allude to with Hart. Keeping that ball alive. Brunson crossover. Stop. Oh, no. He's grabbing his right leg. By the right ankle, and a lot of the crowd standing up. He's in a lot of pain. Yeah, that was Mike Breen and uh, Clyde Frazier on MSG. The Knicks did win the game, 123-113, beat the Grizzlies. Um, but you had this happen with Jalen oh. Brunson, who was having yeah, I'm just another great game. Again, close up. Yeah. I hate those things. It is hey, ugly looking. By the way, speaking of announcers, have you noticed that like, Breen's doing a lot more Nick games now that they're winning? <laughs> <laughs> 
It is true. I, I just feel is that is that a perception that I have? No, or I think and they they were honored last night, uh, Breen and and Clyde for doing all the, the twenty five years, twenty five years. Yeah, which is all the awesome. bad basketball those guys have had to see and deal with and sit through. Yeah, it was really nice uh, them getting honored. But I, I feel like you're right. I feel like Breen is now he's kind of he's jumping on the bandwagon. That's what it feels like. Well, there, I mean, if there's a guy that should <laughs> jump on the bandwagon, it should be him. Obviously, we're kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want people. What are you talking about? <laughs> you jumping on. Didn't they have Gus back to do a game a couple weeks ago? Is he That's not right. In the building? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Okay. yeah, yeah. I thought so too. Didn't he get kicked out or something? For- no, he said Gus? The, he said the S word the other day. That's what it was. Oh, that's the was. Iowa okay. women's game. Yeah, got her S blocked as opposed to shot. He said, and said, "My bad." <laughs> yeah, sorry. My Here. bad. Here was Dante DiVincenzo on MSG after the game talking about all the injuries this team has to overcome. Anybody can step up. Um, honestly, it's as simple as that. Uh, we have, you know, we have a blueprint from Coach Tibbs, and we followed a game plan, and just everybody be aggressive. He had 32. He was 12 of 18 shooting uh, on the night. Here was and Tom. The Grizzlies are terrible. Right, which is why Tom Thibodeau knows it might not have been a thing of beauty, but. I want to say that, you know, the you, we built a big lead. And we didn't close it out as well as we should have. But getting the win is the most important thing. You just find a way to win. They were in their 22-point favorite in yeah. this game. Well, it was kind of like Maryland being a seven-point favorite. Are they, uh, aren't they DiVincenzo's called the Big Ragu? Yeah. We talked about this. <laughs> yeah, all right, great. That's good. <laughs> so the Knicks win. They're now 33-18 and 18 with that victory. I believe they're tied for third and fourth in the East. Half game behind for second and five and a half out for first in the Eastern Conference. As for the Nets, they did welcome in Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic last night. And Dallas came away with the win. Irving bumps with Thomas. Out of the left wing. Another three. It's good again. Timeout Nets with 4.23 to go. Two threes in a row for Irving and Dallas a 113 to 101 lead over the Nets. Yeah, they won 119-107. Chris Carino on the fan. Irving and Doncic, a hell of a one-two punch. 36 for Irving. Doncic, 35 points, 18 rebounds, nine assists as as they won. And you had this from a fan. This was on social media everywhere as Irving was about to inbound the ball. Kyrie, why don't play like this when you were on the net? Why, Kyrie? Thank Mayor Adams for that, bro. Thank Mayor Adams for that, bro. So you had that. Oh, see, was I was I confused I, when when reading about this that I didn't hear. I I thought he was I thought he was asked that in a post game news conference. No, it was a fan who asked. Oh. Him. Hey, uh, just wondering, you know, if there's any way they can reacquire him, bring him back. What do you think for what? I don't know. Yeah, for old times' sake. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. He's going to stay in he's Dallas. Right happy now. in Dallas right now. Things are going just fine. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Here's one more. You might have your opinion of Kyrie if you're in Brooklyn. Don't care. To be honest with you, I don't care because um, that's going to subjective. Everybody has their own opinion. I'm just going to let it run run its course, and hopefully in the next few years it's done. Yeah, it'd probably never be done, but uh, maybe it'll fade away. The Nets now 20 and 30 on the season. 28 for Mikael Bridges in the loss. Uh, we are here for the Super Bowl. There wasn't a whole ton that came out yesterday, but here was Joe Buck from afar. Uh, just his ideas of what might go on here in Vegas. There's going to be something that happens because it's Vegas, mm-hmm. and it won't stay in Vegas. It's <laughs> going to be a big something that happens. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I just think some. It's just that is going to be a a, a mess in my mind. 
Now, I, I have now, to. Would f- he say that if this were a Fox Super Bowl? Absolutely not. No. I, that's the first thing when I read those quotes. The first thing I thought about is he, he'd be, oh, this is the greatest host city ever. I can't wait for Fox and blah, 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 blah. And, well, actually, he's not working for Fox anymore. ESPN, ESPN, yeah. ESPN. But back in the day when he did. But I, I mean, I, I see, I totally disagree. I think that because it's Vegas, everybody's on more high alert than they, they would be. And the coaches are probably like, don't you dare get anywhere near any trouble this week. But I don't think he, don't think he like means the teams. Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he just means someone's going to do something stupid. It doesn't have to be a chief or a 49er. Like if someone, I don't know, pick someone, someone on the Giants, someone on the Cowboys that's here for the week gets caught with a woman that's not his wife. That's what I think he means, that someone's life could change this week. Or you think, think somebody crazy get arrested. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's not a good host city. It just means that there's a lot of things in Vegas that can certainly attract you and tempt you. I don't know. For us, since we've been here Sunday, it's been perfect. It's been seamless. Yeah. I mean, I yes. Now, we're away from a lot of stuff. Right in the middle of the win. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying from like all the the Radio Row stuff. I agree with that. What happens at Radio Row? Nothing. I don't know what. I know (laughs) Maggie and Perloff had a magician on. Yeah, they did. No, I'm just saying that we're not doing the traditional Super Bowl stuff because we're here in this tremendous studio. Yeah, but the traditional Super Bowl stuff Sucks. was never... Re- I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree, but yeah. I'm just saying that, that that is not where controversy comes out of. No, but it's we're also just... We, I feel detached from the Super Bowl week, which is fine because, you know, like last year we had all the people around and different morning shows and... The good morning football would come over and say hi to us. It just we're we're in our own little comfortable bubble here, which that's I right. per, which I prefer. You saw Kay Adams last year. I did. Oh, Phoenix. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She didn't like you. Well, she did, and then she didn't like the story that I told. Right. Which, and then you got the cold shoulder. Yeah, yeah. More than the cold shoulder. Cold shoulder and a walk and a and a oof, a hand. <laughs> hand out. out yeah. <laughs> yes, there was. Uh, A couple of other things. Let's skip to the final clip, Zoo, if you don't mind. The Astros signed Jose Altuve to a five-year extension, $125 million. This is from the world of baseball, too. Buck Showalter was doing this media tour for some reason, and he was on with uh, John Heyman, and whom I don't know who else does it, but it's the Foul Territory podcast. And here is Buck talking about analytics and load management. He did a triple and two doubles, and they came in and said he probably needs a day off because he ran too much around the bases. (laughs) So we're going to be telling him, don't get any hits so you can play the next day? I, I don't. I didn't quite understand that one. Was okay, that I said, okay, I'm going to tell yeah. Brandon Nimmo that he's not playing today because he did too well last night. Yeah, he's basically talking about the people from above are coming down and telling him how to run the team, that a guy needs to day, needs the day off because he had a big game and ran a lot. You couldn't book Buck Showalter. Well, he was on the uh, baseball midday show uh, on FA. <laughs> oh, he was. Okay, okay. <laughs> the baseball midday show. Baseball boys. <laughs> the baseball boys on the fan. That is exactly right. And the uh, the Devils beat the Avalanche 5-3. to three. John Marino snapped a 3-3 tie in the That's third good there. The good win, yeah. Good the win. Devils, Islanders, and Rangers come out of the All-Star breakup with uh, three, three victories. Three really good vi- victories, yeah. Exactly right. All right, thanks, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Build Ford Tough Studio. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network, live from the Blue Wire Studios here at the Win Las Vegas. Of course, Super Bowl week, Super Bowl 58, and you did a bunch of CBS interviews, meaning that you were the subject yesterday of the interview. You weren't interviewing Brock Purdy. A lot of people <laughs> asking about the broadcast and the, uh, the NFL today and Super Bowl today and all of that. And Jim Nance and Tony Romo also available for interviews. And they both had interesting things that, that came up during these interviews. The first is more of a sports thing. The, the second is more of a lifestyle thing. But the first being Tony Romo. He said that uh, in regards to sports gambling's influence on the NFL, he said, quote, it just makes it feel less pure and less like the stuff that you grew up on, end quote. Now, uh, nothing is the same through the eyes of a young NFL fan than an adult NFL fan. It's just not the same. The, the players are younger than you. Uh, when you get older, they, they're your heroes. When you're younger, you're looking up to them. They're like the people that you did, couldn't even believe existed. So nothing is the same through the eyes. But I mean, I, I really, it does not to me in any way feel less pure because gambling in the NFL has been going on forever. Now I know it's easier to make the bets, but to act as if the legalized sports gambling just happened and now everybody bets, this, I mean, we're talking about decades and decades and decades of gambling on the NFL. But you also have to on. remember that Tony Romo was affected by this whole Vegas thing when he wasn't allowed to come out here for a fantasy football convention. Yeah, so he should actually when be on the was, side of this when, thing. Well, when he was on the when an active player, and then I was thinking, because people were asking me yesterday during these same interviews, you know, could you believe that we're here in Vegas having a Super Bowl? And I said, yeah, of course I can because things change and, and things evolve. And, and certainly we have evolved as a society and and they have a team here now and the NFL owners voted them in. But I, I, I thought back to when we played in the 80s and 90s and how many times I had to turn down coming to Vegas for paid appearances while I was an active player. So I would say... For me, maybe a quarter of a million dollars that I have lost over a period of 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what Tony was getting for that one thing, but now the fact that we're here, it is kind of, it's like, all right, you know, we've lived through it, you know, as, as players and he lived through it by when he was told he couldn't come out here probably for a hundred grand. I bet you. Yeah. Now, do you feel like because the Super Bowl is here and you can make bets on your phone and bets in the stadium and the teams are in bed with uh, places like FanDuel, like 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 we are, which are legalized sports gambling, that, that it's less pure? Like, I, no, I don't feel that way, but I, I will say that the thing that really would be hard to live with as a player in this day and age is the social media stuff. Like, you know, the stuff that's going on with Kadarius Tony, the stuff that's going on with Chase Young, you know, loafing on the field and Every fan, you know, in San Francisco just 
basically sick of what, you know, he's he's done nothing for them. Yeah. And so, and it's all been pointed out, and he's got to live through that. So I don't know how the players of today can deal with that. I mean, we had to deal with sports talk radio, of course, and, and the columnists and the writers. But, man, this this social media thing to me is the is the most difficult thing to deal with. Forget the betting. The betting makes it even more interesting. I think we may end up getting 150 million viewers if this game is as good as we think it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that that is a number that is that is completely realistic with all the circumstances around this game. All right, so Jim Nance, he was asked a bunch of questions. Of course he was. So uh, his his favorite food, he says, is stone crab, which uh-huh. sounds... Sounds like a Jim Nance thing. I thought he was a burnt toast guy. <laughs> he is a burnt toast guy, but that's not his favorite food. But when he gets toast, it's burnt toast. But so favorite food is stone crab. Second favorite. I like a good stone crab. Stone crab is the, like the best. You get yeah, that in-season stone crab, man. That's like as, as, as great as, I mean, it's the best. Al, you a stone crab guy? Uh, yeah, I do enjoy a stone crab. You put the mustard on it or no? no or butter? Uh, I like, like a cocktail like a sauce. Cocktail sauce. Okay. Ooh. Mm. I like the mustard on it. Yeah. I'm a mustard guy with that. So anyway, okay. popcorn is his second favorite food. Loves popcorn. And he eats a hot dog at halftime during every game that he calls. He's the Mark Sanchez. <laughs> some wieners. Right, there you go. He's the Mark Sanchez of announcers. Uh, and he brings his own bottled ketchup. Now, I told you I did a game with him. This was the game that, you know, the CFL people got all up, uptight about. They're still uptight about. Yes, they're still uptight about. And I told him yesterday, I said, you know, they're still uptight about me up there in Canada. All because of you. I told him it was his fault. <laughs> but uh, I said, Jim, I, one of the weirdest things that we did was before the game, we drove through <clears throat> McDonald's. Oh, that's you remember right. that? We drove through McDonald's. Like he had to drive through McDonald's. <laughs> Before the game, I'm like, is this his pregame meal? It's like a sausage egg McMuffin <laughs> <laughs> and a coffee. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's got some kind of unique things going on there. Yeah, I mean, clearly, if he's bringing his own ketchup and he has a picture of the way he wants his toast burnt to hand to people at diners, <laughs> yeah, that's a strange... You know, he is a creative type, so, yeah, they have some unique... Uh, Likes, I guess you'd say. <laughs> I mean, but I, I, I'll never forget getting into the car, and I figured we were just going over to SoFi, and this was when there was nobody on the road, nobody was at the game, right in the middle of the pandemic and everything, and uh, we're pulling into McDonald's. I'm like, what? <laughs> Did you get anything? I got a cup of coffee. Oh, okay. How was the sausage? <laughs> Did you ask him? Was I, it like the rancid sausage we ate yesterday? No, no. But I, yeah, I, I. That was bizarre. I, that, I got to tell you, I was really caught off guard with that. Well, what do you think he was going to do? Like go to a, a high-end restaurant for breakfast? Well, you know, so when you go on, you know, CBS takes care of you. They have catering at the games and stuff like that. Yeah. So you go to the booth. There's all this food back there behind you. And it's all pretty good food. It comes from the stadium. So I'm like, all right, I'll partake in that. But just Jim Nance took me through a drive-through at McDonald's. <laughs> do you do you think he ordered or had someone order for? No, him? he ordered. I heard him so order. They, someone at McDonald's got the Jim Nance broadcaster voice <laughs> Hello, in their ear. Yeah, because I, I think I saw. I saw he's sitting in the back seat of an SUV. I was sitting in the back seat of my SUV because we weren't allowed to be in a car together because COVID stupid ass rules. So then, you know, I see the back window roll down, and I, he's, hello, friends. <laughs> I like a sausage, egg, McMuffin, and a cup of coffee. Wow. And maybe it's one of those things, like, he doesn't do it at home because maybe his wife gives him crap for eating fast food. So when he gets away, he can, like, that's his guilty pleasure is getting McDonald's, you know? 
Maybe it's something like that. Yeah. But anyway, he's a he's a strange guy. He loves a hot dog, and he doesn't finish the hot dog. I mean, a hot dog to a you know stone crab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is that is Jim Nance in a nutshell. All right, it's Boomer and Geo on the fan at CBS Sports Network. All right, Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Traveling Built Ford Top Studio on the fan and CBS Sports Network here from the Blue Wire Studios at Wynn Las Vegas. Uh, right after the show, well, soon after the show, uh, Boomer's got a speaking engagement right after the show. And then after that, uh, we will be taping the Drew Barrymore show that will air Thursday at 9.30 on CBS, and they changed a bit of the script that we had yesterday. Remember that whole thing? We are reading stuff. Wait and- a minute. I just, I went over that whole script last night to make sure that I, I was all, like, locked and loaded. Yeah, well, they changed one of the stories out. So that NFL fashion story that was in there, uh, they have swapped that out for a, uh, a link that they put in here. They say, we took out the NFL fashion story and replaced it with this. So you click on the link. And it takes you to an article in the Daily Mail. Okay. And it says the 2024 fitness trend for men will be gigantic butts. <laughs> that is the story now we will be we will be talking about with Drew and Ross Matthews. Well, you, you, <clears throat> you're going to have to work on that. <laughs> you got a flat butt. I definitely do. I mean, it's it's a it's a small butt. Did it, you get implants? Would I get butt implants? No. I don't think I do think anything. There's a strip mall right off the LIE in Queens that does that. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I don't. No, I told you the only thing I would do in that regard would be to get the fat sucked out of my man boobs. That would be it. But like a butt implant or a calf implant or anything like that. So Drew's going to be talking to us about enhancing our butts. Yeah, but I think naturally. Because it says the 2024 fitness trend for so, men. So will you be, talk about squats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing squ- I'm not doing squats. I need to have my ass three times the size of what it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Eddie, you're unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought we were going to have an ass conversation? <laughs> uh, more men are wearing figure-hugging clothes and want their butt to look good. Yeah, your clothes don't hug your figure. <laughs> no, well, certainly not the pants. Uh, the ample assets of celebrities like the Kardashian sisters and rapper Cardi B have popularized the big behind look, leading to surging demand for treatments like fat injections to accentuate the buttocks. And now it seems the trend has spread across genders. Men are increasingly seeking the same look, according to fitness and fashion insiders. They say the pandemic was the turning point. Men developed a liking for the way their body looked and felt in sportswear. I mean, I don't. I I know a lot of men. I have some. Me too. <laughs> I don't know a single one of them that's trying to get a bigger ass. Do you? We know somebody who bleaches it. <laughs> <clears throat> if she'd like to talk about that, <laughs> imagine. Hey, Drew, just real quick. We got this guy who plays <laughs> hockey with Boomer. Bleaches his butthole. Can you believe that? I mean, why? And here's, oh, by the way, he sent us a picture of when it was happening. Yes. This is him on the table. His name's Steve. <laughs> yeah, that is true. We're I mean, sitting here going like, oh, I don't know anybody who wants their butt to be bigger. Meanwhile, we have a guy who sent us a picture of getting his butthole bleached. What are we doing? 
But anyway, back to the original point. I think he did go to the uh, <clears throat> strip mall on, on the LIE there in Queens. <laughs> yeah, that guy does a lot of stuff. Yes. Like everything we bring up that I think is bizarre that no one would do. He's like, oh, I did that. It was great. It was awesome. Like that uh, Korean scrub. Remember that? Yes. I was like, oh, I'm going to get this Korean skin scrub. He's like, oh, I did that. I was like, you just got to be careful, though, because they really they really go after your taint. I was like, what? <laughs> like the Jardians commercial. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, there's a different Jardians woman out. Like, they got rid of the old one and put a new Why? one in. I don't know. Maybe she died with her taint infection. <laughs> Oh, come on. What? That's one of the side effects. I know it's one of the side effects. <laughs> but there was a new one. I was watching it with Jerry yesterday at the sports book, which, by the way, they, the, the Wynn sports book is a gorgeous place. It's, it's, it's really, really nice. But when you're in there in the middle of the day before the sports start. Yes. And it's a dark horse racing day, meaning that a lot of the, the big tracks like, uh, let's say, Aqueduct or Gulfstream are not running. So you've got like Turf Paradise and Louisiana Downs where these broke down horses, like these three-legged blind horses are racing for like $16. Okay. And Jerry and I are sitting there trying to kill time in that sports book. I have never been so sad in my life. I just sitting there looking, we were looking at each other like this, this is as low as we could possibly go. Out here in Vegas, this is this is it. Like this was miserable, and then Al came, and then Al immediately was sad with us, and then we took a walk, and then we got uh, over to uh, Cipriani, made sure the reservation was all good, and then then we walked outside, and when we walked outside, I felt so energized. Jerry hit a trifecta and won four dollars. <laughs> it's oh, true. He hit a trifecta last night, and won a thousand dollars. Well, that that is true. Yeah, we both. <laughs> Because there was a favorite that that we liked, and then I ended up doing an exact. That he did a, a triple box, and he hit it. But like all the horses were like five to two, so he walked up there four dollars and seventy cents back. Wow! Yep, what was that amazing? That, was that? I can't tell who that is. Saquon? That's it. Yes, it is Saquon. Is it? Al, it's Saquon Barkley. Go get him. <laughs> Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Dan Jones. Saquon Barkley. What's he doing up at this hour? Is he working out? Probably not. Is it the, the white Saquon Barkley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I love how Saquon Barkley, who's a legit like New York sports celebrity, yes. just walks past the studio and Al's just like, oh, <laughs> like, I let, mean, him, it, let him it, go. It, it's four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I know. So and he looked like he was in work. Was he in workout clothes? No, he was in uh, like. Uh, fab leisure, I suppose. Is that what it was? Fab leisure. Yeah, but or working on his butt. But he stopped and waved. Like it's not like we were going out of our way to bug him. He stopped and waved. And it didn't even occur to Al to to get up and try to yeah go <laughs> talk to him. Who knows? He'll probably say no. Nah. Like he doesn't want to do the interview. But at least you know, give it a shot, right? Second bucket. Think so second bucket. Second bucket. Daniel Jones. Second bucket. What the hell were we just talking about prior to that? What was it, Eddie? Butts. Butts. Oh, here comes Al back with. uh with his uh, update on Saquon. But was it actually Saquon? It was. Okay, all right, good. Man, I got an eye for people this week, huh? Brooks and Saquon and Roger Goodell. He 100% wants to come on, wanted to come on. He goes, hold on, I have to call my manager. I go, oh, we'll go real quick. He goes, right, the guy, he goes, hey, I'm just walking by the Boomer show. He goes, I want to go on. The guy goes, absolutely not. <laughs> he had him on speakerphone. He goes, absolutely not. Really? Yeah. He goes, what? He goes, oh, I'm good. 
I'm ready to go. He goes, absolutely not. Do not go on. Oh, so maybe he was, was he coming from somewhere? Obviously. He, I mean, it's four o'clock in the morning. So, oh, I don't even think about that. Yeah. It's four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Maybe he just got here last night and he's still on East Coast time. Who knows? Wait, absolutely not because Saquon might have been in a compromised situation or absolutely not because that guy hates our show. There was really no uh, specifics. Just do not, please do not do that. Wow. Man, oh man. You'd think Saquon would be making his own decisions at this point. He wouldn't have to run this he stuff by him. He was ready to go. And you, you couldn't tell if he was had a few? No, or... he seemed fine to me. Oh, man. Well, that's a bummer. Absolutely not. Do not go on that show. <laughs> well, listen, I like what, I, what would be the first thing you'd ask him? How much money do you want from the Giants? I'd be like, you know, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, but he, he's been asked all these questions before. He's a pro. Yes. I, I mean, there's no way I could like paint him in a corner. We, he's been asked everything. And we like Saquon. I yeah. appreciate he did it on speakerphone so I could hear. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this Fleegs is texting me the same thing. He's like, they're afraid that you'd be asking the contract questions. He's been asked that a, a million times. times. What do you think all of a sudden, like, he's going to be in here and be like, you know, let's screw the giant. I guess he could have. He's been. And by the way, you know, we are on the side of the running backs. Right. You know, yeah. we've often said, I've often said that there should be a separate pool of money for those guys for what they do and what they put their bodies through. Yeah. We're talking about how he's the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Giants yesterday. All that stuff. You don't want to talk about that? Man. Man, oh man. <clears throat> I wonder if this has anything to do with Carl Banks and the Midday Show. <laughs> it sp- all goes back to Carl Banks and the <laughs> Midday that, Baseball Boys. Did that, did that spill over? Did that infect other Giants? That's probably... If, I guess if I'm Saquon's manager and, it's, and I get a phone call from him and he's either here in Vegas at 4 a.m. getting that phone call or in New York knowing that Saquon is in Vegas at 4 a.m., that I would probably say no as well. Probably. Because you could only, I mean, there's nothing he could really get out of it. He probably has interviews lined up later today, but just like in the middle of the night. He's probably got to go on Radio Row, right? I would imagine. Yeah. Promoting something. Yeah. Yep. And we could have asked him about this thing that Drew Barrymore wants us to talk about. Yeah, it would have been great. Because he does a lot of squats. Man. We just we got bigger legs than anybody I know. <laughs> that is true. Remember his uh, rookie season? You had uh, I don't know if CBS Sports Network has the video. We we had a side by side with Al's quad and Saquon's quad. <laughs> Remember that? Yes, that was something, that was something else. Yeah. Well, now so we, we don't get Randy Moss. Roger Goodell walks by, <laughs> blows us off. Saquon Barkley's manager says, "Absolutely not. Don't go on that show." <laughs> I mean, this is really this is something. He didn't even contemplate it like so what is this again you're going on which show talk about what just absolutely not <laughs> oh man i don't know what these guys are afraid of especially if like i mean i i assume that there's really nothing good that can come out of it <clears> but <throat> like what like what do you think saquon would say or do I, don't know, I would like to ask him about isaiah pacheco i'd like to ask him about debo samuel i'd like to ask him about you know all different types of things that have to do with the Super Bowl. Right. We know that the contract thing is is whatever. Like it, it, the Giants are either going to let him go or they're not, or they're going to tag him again. Like we've been over it 10 million times. Unless he comes in here and starts slamming Joe Shane or something, which he's, he's not, not going to do. do that. That's not who he's, he is. He's a pro, you know? And when this is not Kadarius Tony walking in here and saying, S my D. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just waiting for Eddie to tell them back there. Please. Yeah, yeah Fleek, send me that. 
Uh, if young Joker walked by uh, this morning, which he probably wouldn't because they're staying like 20 miles away, but if he walked by, he would definitely come in here and he would just be slamming Giants fans and going crazy. I, I mean, I, I, we could get him in here easy. I'll tell, I'd start spewing some of the tracks that he has on, from his uh, young Joker <laughs> oh, yeah. career and he'd be like, oh man, this guy's a fan. A Codeine Dream. <clears throat> I'll start singing him Codeine Dream. He'd be like, all right, get right in here. And yeah, what do you, what what do you, you hate the we- most about Giants fans, Joker? But when he was here, you were like his biggest fan. Yeah, I was. You, you want you fantasized them winning the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and then him going on tour. Yeah, yeah. To, to be down the Canyon of Heroes, and then have a concert at MSG later that night. Yes. That's what I. That's what I wanted for him. But I wanted it more than he wanted it. Boomer apparently. Obviously. Yep. I didn't show up with his shoes the first <laughs> practice. <laughs> that had to tell you something. There was a. Uh, there was a kid I played uh, high school football with. The first practice, he couldn't find his shoulder pads. And he thought that someone stole his shoulder pads. His name was um, Danny Rivera. And he kept going, someone stole my shoulder pads. He was screaming on the practice field. Someone stole my shoulder pads. He was so mad that he, that he quit. Like, he quit. Well, you it, can't play football without shoulder right. pads. Quit because he thought someone... And we're like, who would steal your shoulder pads? We all, what, the, what are you talking about? So he quits. We go back. We have a practice. We go back. They were on top of his locker. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I feel like, a Kadarius Tony type of thing when you show up without your shoes the first day, right? I mean, yeah, he had bad feet and you know, all sorts of things. <laughs> well, this kind of reminds me of Antonio Brown when he burned <clears throat> the bottom of his feet. <laughs> the cryo chamber. He burned the bottom of his feet. Uh, and then showed up in a hot air balloon. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you're a coach and this is what's going on around you, yeah, how do you how do you make sense of all that? Yeah, and by the way, did you see? Speaking of feet, did you see LeBron's foot? That's out there. There's a picture of him walking around barefoot on the beach, and just the years and the of playing professional basketball and how much he has run up and down. His foot is it doesn't even look like a foot. How big is his foot? I mean, it's a large foot, I would I say. Mean, like, but it's his toes are just going in all different directions. Oh, really? It's crazy. But I mean, I can understand why, because it, like, I mean, he's one of the great athletes who's ever lived and he's played more minutes than anybody. It's just, but like, I, I was shocked. His pinky toe is like, like next to his big toe. It's so strange. So it's like Anthony Munoz's pinky. Yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's a totally deformed foot. Like I, I was still able to play basketball yes. with the, with these feet. <laughs> with these feet, yes. Yeah. LeBron feet comes right up. Here we go. I'm gonna show. Yeah, look at this. Look at that foot. That's a that's a Hall of Fame foot right there. Oh wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it looks deformed. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad we can't put it up on the screen behind us. That's what we need. <laughs> put that foot right there. So why, everybody why knows. Can't they, why can't they put the foot up there? Stephen Waldrick, you put that foot, that LeBron foot behind us? Just keep it there for the rest of the show? No, don't do that. <laughs> People walk by. Do you see this, Al? No. Do you see this foot? Look at this thing. Take a look at that. How does he play basketball? You see that? Yeah. It looks like that, that pinky toe is about to just fall off. Do you really need the pinky toe? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, why would it be there, right? I don't know. It's one of those things, kind of like an appendix. No, really it's important it. uh, balance. For balance. Balance, yeah. For balance. Okay. But if it's not on the actual ground. Well, since it? that toe is like up in the air, 
So if he, if he put his foot down on the ground, that pinky toe is not even touching the ground. Yeah. So why, why does he need it? Yeah. Doesn't seem like he does. I'd lop that thing right off for him. Right off. And I'd sell it. Yeah. <laughs> I know how much that pinky toe would go for in the open market. Facebook marketplace. I mean, listen, they got like $600 for the Malusis vacuum on there. Facebook marketplace. That LeBron pinky well, toe. Maybe you could, you could give it to Sotheby's and they could, they could auction it off. Yeah. Or yeah. Golden auctions. One of those places. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that would Could be. Could you a, imagine that? I, I actually can. LeBron's toe, like in formaldehyde. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we are close. I mean, that thing is close to falling off. So we're like, we're halfway there. Then it's up to him if he wants to keep it or not. But yeah, that, that was a bizarre. I, I don't know how he walks. I well, really don't. you know, he is probably, let's see. So he's what, 38, 39 years old now? I think and he's yeah. been playing basketball probably since what, four years old? Yeah. And these feet have taken a pounding, and they have morphed into what that foot looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's used to playing without a pinky toe. That is true. And he's done it damn well for many years. Yes, yes. Uh, all right, Boomer and Gio on the fan at CBS Sports. That was my D. Fan and CBS Sports Network live from the win Las Vegas, the Blue Wire Studios. We've got James Brown of CBS Sports joining us at the top of the nine o'clock hour. You really think he's going to show up? Yeah. After all the layers that Al had to deal with and Fudge Brownie and Monica and, and another assistant and all this stuff, how many better did you end up talking to in regards to James Brown? I probably talked to two of them, two or three total. Okay. You don't have nearly that many layers. But the, no. com- the communication did end when I had to stop a multiple guests on at one time. I said, we really only have one microphone. You can go on Drew. Yeah, and then it went, it went kind of radio silence. But Uh-oh. it wasn't a no. It wasn't a we're not coming. Mm. So I think it's still good. I think we're still good. All right. Well, I mean, you never know. He has some of that bourbon popcorn. You might not be able to get up this morning. <laughs> That's right. You told us that last night. He said he was hungover because he was eating no, I don't bourbon popcorn. But I, had, you know, we were doing rehearsals and stuff like that, and he was sleeping. Wow. And he said it was because uh, he had some bourbon popcorn in his hotel room. <laughs> Lightweight. Uh, all right. to show you he's human like the rest of us. Yeah, damn right. Uh, all right, Jerry's back. He's got sports for us. What's up, Jerry? Brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. And brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. And you brought it up last hour. Uh, the celebration of Mike Breen and Clyde Frazier. And so the garden went all out and got the celebrities talking. Mike, Clyde, congratulations on 25 amazing seasons. You're literally the best announcers in basketball. I'm not biased at all. The Knicks are having an amazing season. We're probably going all the way, and you guys are going to go with us. You're going to take us there because you've been there in the good times and the bad times. No two better announcers. Congrats, and here's to another 25. Any idea who that is? Ben Stiller. Yeah, look at you. That was pretty good. That's exactly right. That was Ben Stiller. They had all of them, you know, the... uh, the, the usuals, so we'll have more throughout the morning. We did have that. And then as uh, the night went on, you did have the injury to Jalen Brunson. However, the Knicks also, I know the Grizzlies aren't very good, but the Knicks did come away with a win. Roddy looking for an opening. Drives on McBride. Shuffle pass stolen by Hartenstein. Outlet to Hart. Here comes Hart. Jackson looking to block it. A on the follow. 
And the lead back up to nine. Timeout. Grizzlies. And Precious Achua. Which is amazing because everybody was talking about Ananobi. Yeah. The trade. And Precious Achua now is asked to do more, and he is doing more, and he is delivering. And here he is talking about the depth now. Well, we're going to see how good everybody is because you got Randall out, you got Ananobi not back yet, and now the Brunson injury. It just goes to show that, you know, guys are staying ready. And you know, regardless of what the outcome is, guys are just staying ready, you know, and once their name, name is called up, they're ready to step up and play. Well, he had 17. By the way, we all, we, we all forget that Mitchell Robinson's out. That's right. So, I don't testing know. depth. How many more games before the All Star break do they have? Do we know? Good question. Look I will tell you while you look that up. Dante DiVincenzo so Dallas next. Mm-hmm. Then they got, uh, looks like Indianapolis again. And then they got to go to Houston. 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 And then they have Orlando. So it looks like four more games. And then comes the All Star break. That is correct. Uh, off from the 14th to the 22nd. Yes. All right. 14th to the 20th. They're off for eight days? Yep. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Nick's Magic on uh, Valentine's Day, the 14th, and then they don't play again until the 22nd, that according to what I'm break. looking at here. And they'll give them time to get healthy, too, or at least healthy air. Dante DiVincenzo at 32, 12 of 18 shooting. Here was Tom Thibodeau with a reporter who's obviously curious about uh, the Brunson injury. Uh, he's being checked by medical. Next guy get in, get the job done. That's it. No excuses. Next man up. They have won 10 of 11 and 16 of 19. Now 33 and 18 on the season. As for the Nets, well, things have not gone well. And they had Kyrie. Up top, shoot him. <laughs> Who's screwing up back there? No, that's no, okay. No, 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 no. no. They got to guess when I'm ready. It's okay. No, nah, they're doing fine. Everybody's Is that you, good. Zoo? Is that you? Yeah. Oh, I got Jerry. I got Jerry throwing to me randomly. I'm trying to be on it. Yeah, you're good. All good. All right. They've done a very... Between him, Rascona, and Fliegelman, they've done very well this week. I know. We love <laughs> we these. We here! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little so, late, but we here. You had yeah. Kyrie and Luka Doncic in town, and they pretty much controlled this game last night. Hit it. Luka, up top, shoots a 30-footer, and hits. And the lead back to 20, as the Mavericks have scored 11 in a row. Mm, yeah, Chris Carino with the call on the fan. Mavericks beat the Nets 119-107. Uh, Kyrie had 36. Luka, 35 points, 18 rebounds, 9 assists. It was Kyrie after the game back at Barkley Center. I felt like I was home tonight. Um, you know, getting here early, warming up, uh, just getting a good sense of the, the rims and the atmosphere, what it was going to be like, and just mentally preparing myself uh, before the game. Yeah, felt like home. That's awesome. And, you know, time heals all wounds. So what does that mean? It has nothing to do with the game of basketball. It has everything to do with how you handle someone as a person. And um, while I was here, I've learned a lot of lessons. I've made my peace again, like I said, and I just want to move forward. He's made peace. The Ned fan hasn't made peace, though. He still screwed everything up. Well, I I mean, I think that the feelings toward Kyrie are stronger than Kevin Durant. Yes, I I agree with that. The negative ones. You know what's funny, though? You're probably right. And yet more disappointing that Durant left. Well, yeah, because you've seen Kyrie Irving blow up organizations yes. everywhere he's gone. Durant had a chance to do something here that would have taken all of that crap off his shoulder about having to go to Golden State to win mm-hmm. if he could have won here. Yep. But he left. Yeah, they didn't. Correct. And by the way, he, he did get paid for not playing that year. <laughs> That's something that's... I've heard you say that once, yeah. twice, or eight million times. <laughs> right. 
Holy crap. <laughs> um, Monday night, you had the Raptors. <laughs> now, this is juvenile. The Raptors were playing the Pelicans. Mm. Um, and I, I guess this was the Pelicans TV broadcast as uh, Toronto had a sub in the game late. They got blown out. So you can play this and then take it from there. The baseline. Dick stays out there. Nike all over him. And he got it. Grady Dick's third bucket of the game. Brings it back to 19. Let's just call it Grady. Let's just call it Grady for the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean. I mean, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, when you say, like, you know, Dick goes hard to the hoop or something, I can understand how someone would laugh. Like, our sophomore brains go there many times, but. I mean, you gotta be able to get through it. I mean, right? There's been a lot Let's of. Let's just call him Grady. You know, there's been a lot of guys named Dick over the Super years. Dicks. <laughs> this is the first guy named Dick. No, of course not. You know? Of course, you've got Fletcher Cox. I mean, there's a lot of different right. players. It's what it is. You just got to power through it and not think too much about it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that does it. Like you think about. I mean, Cox is worse than Dicks, right? Yeah. When you're talking about height. <laughs> Talking about names, I think, and we everybody gets through that no problem. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just I don't. I mean, I so we laugh at these things. I feel like these guys they should have been able to get through it. Well, maybe they don't do it very often. That's why, right? He's not on their team, right? So it hasn't happened to them. Like it happens to us every day. Here. That's true. True. They probably didn't think they'd see Dick. Because they were, he's like the ninth guy to come into the, dude, no, no, seriously. He's like the ninth or tenth guy in. You might not prepare for him. And then all of a sudden you're up by 35 points. He comes in and now they're having a goofy time. Exactly. All right, let's get to uh, College Park last night where Rutgers beat Maryland and our guy Chris Carlin on the call. Simpson attacking the 10. Righty floater, good from the right side of the lane. And a timeout called by Steve Pico with 2.54 remaining. Off the make at Rutgers, a nine-point lead. Yeah, Chris Carlin on Rutgers uh, radio from Learfield. Interesting, though, uh, Derek Simpson had that basket we just played, then got teed up, and then Maryland went on a run. To get it close. Um, but Rutgers does pull out the win. 56-53. I pulled out a win and everybody's happy. Number one, you can Bend over. <laughs> 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 uh, number one, UConn beat Butler 71-62, and our guy Mingo at the mic as St. John's beat DePaul. A high post to Edgeport, back to Conway. He dumps it, three-point shot right side is good. Jordan Dingle with the three-point shot. And for Jordan Dingle, that's his fourth three conversion of this game. Dingle has 14. Yeah, they won by a lot. 80, I know. Hall <laughs> did, you, uh, did you see Rick Pitino's uh, Yes. Comment regarding paying athletes. And salary caps. And salary caps, that's yes. right. And you have Dartmouth trying to form a union, the Dartmouth basketball team. So now yes. Our employees are considered employees. That's what they're saying. Correct. So we'll see where that goes. Who knows? I think they're gonna Dartmouth's gonna fight back on that. We'll see. Uh number three, North Carolina lost to Clemson eighty to seventy six. All right, I know we play these guys a lot, but boy, they say some so the interesting things. So Chad Ochocinco and Shannon Sharp have when would you say they started this podcast? Four or five months ago, maybe yeah, six yeah. months ago. So they're about to get to a very significant number in terms of listenership as we hear in this clip. Everybody that's watching tonight, please subscribe. When we hit a million subscribers, I am drinking some Cognac Le Portier. I'm drinking it. So that's all fine. He's still calling it Cognac, but 
right. I guess the more interesting part is how and where he's going to drink it. I could put a, the cognac down, down real back, right? Lord have mercy. Yeah, yeah. And then like this, this crack and catch and catch the. Oh man! Oh, I can't even. And catch the car. Yeah. I'm sorry, Chad. I picked the nastiest co-host in all of digital. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but he wants to pour the the cognac down the back and drink it as it comes out the other side. Gosh! Wow. <laughs> These guys went into the ring of honor with you. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I hear Johnson, I think of that night. Yep. Oh, very funny. And then our guy, Matt Lachlan, at the mic as the Devils were locked into a Chico rush there, too. 3 3 game. The Devils looking for the go ahead score. Now it's Marino, though, across the line, looks around, drives yeah. it in front, save made by Ananin on Brett. Oh. Now it comes to Heischer, taps it in front, they score, it's Johnny Marino! <laughs> Between the circles and the Devils have taken the lead! <laughs> yes, that was 4-3 at that point. They'd get an empty net goal, and New Jersey beat Colorado by a, a score of 5-3. to three. Jesper Bratt, Dawson Mercer scoring as well in that game. So as you pointed out last hour, wins out of the break for the Devils, the Rangers, and the Islanders. Also of note from baseball, Jose Altuve is going, you would certainly think, finish out his career five years, $125 million on an extension with Houston. And you've got the stories in the paper this morning saying the uh, Mets are talking to J.D. Martinez because they still need a DH. And, I mean, you got pitchers and catchers and spring training right around the corner, so maybe they'll do something soon. Gore Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network live from the Blue Wire Studios here at Win Las Vegas. Saw Jim Rome yesterday saying that he is going to uh, have his simulcast on X now, not going to be on CBS Sports Network like it has been, where uh, we have our simulcast. Uh, so he will still remain on CBS Sports Radio, which is uh, a part of Odyssey. So he did announce that. Uh, and Elon Musk is is putting people on X. Like he when Tucker Carlson left Fox News, put him on X. Jim Rome now with a deal. He is on X. And, and they- now Tucker Carlson's in Russia interviewing Putin. I was going to ask you, do you think Jim Rome's next to get Putin on the air? <laughs> Bring it, Putin. Uh, <laughs> That's fresh. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's almost like Elon Musk is making X like YouTube, I guess. It's a streaming uh, audio and and uh, and video service now. Yeah, I mean, if you can watch live things on there, it's like, it's like anything else, like any other platform, except I guess... You don't really see it on a big screen. You could have it on an iPad. Like I guess watching it on TV. Can't but, you screencast it? I guess yeah, you could do that. Couldn't yeah. you download it on a uh, on a TV? X on a TV? I'm sure you can. That's strange though. You ever think to do that though? Like the well, now I would. Yeah, I guess so because Jim Rome and everybody else. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he is he, Elon Musk has definitely done some very very different things that I never expected him to do when he ended up buying Twitter, especially with these with these live shows. So yeah, he's got sports, he's got news, he's got this, he's got that. That Putin thing, I didn't I that hasn't been released yet, the interview. He just did it, right? Tucker Carlson just did the Putin interview. I I there's some excerpts that are out there. Yeah. Yes. I mean that is like that's that's a no win spot, isn't it? 
Well, I don't know. I think it's a world leader. And believe you me, I mean, like 60 Minutes on CBS has had some world leaders on there that you'd question whether or not you would want to go interview them. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's news. No, it's no, a no. world leader's point of view about different things. We may not <clears throat> like any of it and we may not like what he has to say. But he's saying something, and he's saying it to an American journalist. Yeah, no. I, you have got <laughs> to show me Putin. Uh, yeah. I, but I'm, when I say a no-win spot, yeah. like if you go over there and you ask some like hard-hitting <clears throat> questions, the chances are you're never leaving there, and you're you got a, it's a Brittany Griner situation. I don't think it's going to be a Brittany Griner situation. Or I think Putin wants to get uh, his point of view out into the American public, and there's a there's a. A lot of people that want to hear what he has to say, whether, like I said, whether you agree with it or not. I'm sure a lot of people will not. And the idea about X is free speech and allowing people to, you know, have a point of view that you may not like on it. Yeah. But so you can either. As opposed to, you know, censoring it. Sure. Right. So it's either like you go there, you ask the tough questions, and the next thing you know, there's guys uh, pulling you out of there and throwing you in jail. Or you come back and you didn't ask the tough questions, and people are like, what the hell are you doing? You had Putin in front of you, you didn't ask the tough questions. Well, the questions that uh, I think some of the stuff that I did see that Tucker Carlson asked, you know, I mean, I could see a whole segment of our population completely saying this is bogus. It's. Man, cat bogus, man. Remember, remember Pat Beverly? Man, yes. Putin, Putin bogus, man. <laughs> he, he, he bogus. He bogus. He, he bogus, man. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, th- I thought that that was, uh, that was a very interesting thing to see Jim Rome going over there and then seeing the, uh, the Putin interview out, out there on, uh, on, on X as well. Uh, so I heard the guys talking on the warm up show a little bit about this, that, and this is something that was, that came up when I was out here in, in June at, at Circa and, and, golf and the whole thing that I did out here a lot that was when the A's were talking about Vegas and that whole move and and talking to the locals out here they said you know we love the fact there's a football team the Golden Knights were here first we were supporting them they were actually playing in the finals uh, when I was out here that was going on in June and but to support a baseball team is probably not a good idea out here in Vegas it's just it just wouldn't work like most people were sports guys and some of the gambling guys I was talking to did not believe it was a good idea and now you've got the Vegas mayor not the Oakland mayor the Vegas mayor who had a plan for the A's stadium that did not her plan did not come to fruition so now she's got an axe to grind but she did say that the the A's stadium plan that she did not uh, stand by does not make sense and she thinks the A's have got to figure out a way to stay in Oakland to make their dream come true uh, of a new stadium. You know what? That ship has sailed. They're not going back to Oakland. I mean, you got CVS stores and all different kinds of retail entities leaving Oakland. And I, I don't think that, uh, you know, the Oakland politics and with the Oakland mayor and the state of California wanted to get involved with what was going on there with, uh, with the Oakland A's. I mean, it's a done deal. They're coming here. And uh, I, I think it's smart. And I know we talked about this, I think, uh, earlier this morning. I know we talked about it, and also since we've been here, that, you know, what would have happened to Vegas had the, the Knights didn't come here, the Raiders didn't come here, now the A's are coming here. I would imagine eventually there's going to be an NBA basketball franchise here. Should be. Yeah, I mean, they have the Summer League here every single year. Um, I would I would imagine that has to be on the table, and Adam Silver's got to be thinking about that. So, I mean, the fact that, I mean, the, the NFL is here and hosting a Super Bowl, then anything is possible. Oh, and, and the Golden Knights' success here and, you know, the 
you know, I, I guess Peter Schwartz went to the game last night where they beat Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. And it's got to be uh, a great experience because they sell out every game. I have not heard from Peter, which is crazy to me. I thought he'd be completely hitting all of us up. When can I come by? What can I do? Like I, I, I thought he'd be all over us. I figured he'd be at a buffet right now. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he might be. He seems like a buffet guy, doesn't he? A 100% buffet guy. All you can eat spot for Peter Schwartz? I think so. I mean, if you're like the person working at the buffet and he walks up to like get a table, you're like, ooh, this guy's going to clean us out. As I, I did see him post something on X yesterday, and it was a picture hey. outside of his window. Yeah. And you could see part of Allegiant Stadium. He's like that. I don't Like things, this is the thing that the, the existential Peter Schwartz takes that I have. Like stuff like that is like so exciting to him still. And I'm jealous the fact that something like that makes him happy. Yeah. Like he was so excited. His hotel room had a view of the stadium and he wanted to share that with people. And like, look how this is awesome. You know, did you, did you guys um, see the sphere outside of your hotel rooms? No, I do not see the sphere outside of my hotel room. I walked by this sphere on my way to the UNLV bookstore. Yeah. Got close to it. Yeah. Walked right by it. Nice. What's it like up close like that? Just uh, like it is from far away, except bigger. Okay. <laughs> I, I was coming back to the hotel yesterday after our media scrum, and they had the sphere looking like the sun, which we need around here right now. Yeah. Because we haven't seen the sun in three days. A little bit yesterday. A little bit of blue sky when we left outside to go to uh, whatever that bar was, Happy Camper. And I, was, I got super excited, and then it started pouring rain six minutes after that. Okay. But it's going to be nice today. I hope so. Nice and cold, but it's going to be nice today. Perfect day to do the Drew Barrymore Show. Play some golf. All right, Brewer and Gio Coney alive for the Traveling Built Ford Talk studio here at the Win Las Vegas Super Bowl 58. This uh, week is, is flying by. It's already Wednesday here, and uh, nothing has really happened with these, <clears throat> these teams. You had your uh, Super Bowl media day, and that's really been it. And you, I guess you start really delving into the game and all the stuff as the uh, as the weekend approaches. But this has been a very, very quiet week so far, which I'm sure that the uh, the head coaches love. Because the last thing you want is uh, one of those Eugene Robinson situations or that, uh, who was that guy who left the Raiders? Aaron Robinson. Yeah, yeah, or one of those deals. Stanley Wilson. Yeah, and, and Stanley Wilson. I didn't want to bring that one up. But yeah, yes. well, I mean... It is a thing, and you got to worry about that. But the both of these teams are staying like twenty miles outside smart. of Las Vegas. That is smart. I, you know, I think I I think that's for reasons that you just pointed out. Uh, most of these guys probably have today's Tuesday, so I'm assuming Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, so yeah. yesterday, Monday, and Tuesday were probably Monday. I know was a media day. They probably had Monday night off. They had Tuesday off, which is their normal day off during a normal week during the NFL season. And they're going to be practicing very lightly as the week goes on here. They put in most of the game plan last week. They may put in some tweaks here. You know, it was interesting. Coach Cower told me that the Super Bowl that they beat Seattle in. Super Bowl 40. Right. So he said that he put in a defense the night. Well, he told yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. night before that game, he was thinking about a defense. And he said, let's get the guys in the hotel ballroom. And let's just run through the defense a couple times. And maybe we'll use it a few times. That's right. Yep. And he turned out using it like on 39 snaps on defense. That's what he said. And a lot of it had to do with, which was the most interesting part of that <clears throat> to me, was he he ended up, 
like lying to the team because he thought that they were going to be upset that Troy Polamalu was going to do whatever he wanted in the defense. And he had a couple guys come up to him and be like, oh, it seems like you're just drawing this up for, for Troy. And he's like, no, 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 not just for him. Because they, for whatever reason, like yeah. certain well, guys wanted, had different was, responsibilities. As, as Coach put it, he wanted Troy to have a certain freedom on plays that Seattle had run and were successful with throughout the season. Yeah. So he designed a defense where he thought if he gave Troy a certain amount of freedom in that defense, then he would make plays. And, and certainly he made a lot of plays. Yeah, yes, he did. Uh, the Super Bowl MVP of that Super Bowl, do you remember who it was? Mm, was not mm, a quarterback. Mm, 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 the running back. That was not Willie Parker. Oh, He had a huge run in that game, but it was not Willie Parker. It's a man that I think should be in the Hall of Fame at some point, but I don't think he'll make it there because his peers... I had much bigger numbers, but this man played the game of football the way it was supposed to be Heinz played. Ward. There you go. Heinz Ward, Super Bowl 40 MVP. Yeah, he was uh, probably one of the toughest wide receivers in his era, but he does not have the numbers. Yeah, but he did so much else. I mean, he was I, one of the best blockers ever. I know that they will announce uh, the Hall of Fame class out here this week. Uh, and I was thinking, like, Tory Holt has been on this thing, and so has Andre Johnson, both wide receivers. And there's been a log jam at wide receivers. Yes. But I believe, like, Tory Holt, is it's his turn. It's his time. He played on all those great Ram teams and was a big part of those Ram teams. And people tend to forget it. The further you move away from it, the, the less, you know, I, the, the less impressive your statistics look, just simply because the, the statistics have gone up on all for all offensive players. Except for running backs. Yeah, absolutely. But that's the, that log Jamie talk about is because the thing started, like it really started with that greatest show on turf. Like in those guys, yep. like that's where it's Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt. And even the year prior, the 98 Vikings, because it was 99 was a great show on turf. Randy Moss's rookie season. That's where just it was, the wide receiver numbers went crazy. And, and then when they changed the rules, and I think 2006, 2007, after Ty Law was holding Marvin Harrison in the whole, in the yeah. uh, playoffs got even crazier. And then all of a sudden, all the rules. And if you talk to JJ White, very frustrated as a defensive person, as a defensive player, the, the rules now seem all to favor the offense. Yeah. And they they just from the from the type of tackles to where they can hit guys to you know whether they can hold grab or you know just kind of bump on a route down five yards down the field everything is offensive in nature and there's also a, a safety aspect to it as well yeah but if you're a defensive player in today today's world I mean it's impossible not to have a, a penalty called on you somewhere along the line yeah. What are some of the, because, you know, I haven't even thought about the Hall of Fame class here this this week. So you think that, that Tory Holt is going to be one of the ones that's going to... I gonna, think he should be. I think yeah. Patrick Willis should be. Yep, that's right. Um, I think Willie Anderson from the Bengals should be a four-time All-Pro, first-team All-Pro. Mm. Uh, anybody know that? No. Why? Because he played in Cincinnati. Yeah. I was a great, and he was, it was his second year, was my last year. Okay. And... um he went on to have an unbelievable career for the Bengals. And if you're a four-time all-pro offensive tackle, that tells me that you are a Hall of Famer. Yep. There you go. I think uh, it was the all-decade team. <clears throat> Willie Anderson, 96 to 2007. Dwight Freeney's in there. 
Antonio Gates, he's going to get in, right? That's that's got to be a lock. You would think, right? It's one. I mean, it's just the, the one of the great on, tight ends. I know. Just just a matter. It's just a matter of. I don't want to say it's a popularity contest, but you know, it took it Joe Clark all those years to get in, right? You know, so you got to have somebody fighting for you in that. that you know, that's for sure. Yeah, Reggie Wayne, another one of those wide receivers that we talk about. Uh, got Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Tory Holt. Holt. Yeah. You could say every single one of those guys should be Hall of Famers. It's just that they're wait, waiting for their time because of the log jam. And you don't want to have a wide receiver class that has three wide receivers in it. I got to tell you, the, the Hall of Fame, like uh, uh, telling guys that they made it, has not been the same since that David Baker retired from doing that. That was when that big man <laughs> showed up at the hotel room yes. and, and pulled out his big meat hook hands and shook somebody's hands and welcome thank you for everything you've done for the game and then we did a cower on the nfl today like that with that jacket he'd come on it's huge like that was a moment who does it now does anybody know who does it no i don't yeah know. ever since david baker's gone nobody cares it's good it's good to have it's gonna to have to take a while to get used to the new way of doing it with the new person i forget who it is oh man i loved watching that stuff he would walk up and he'd you know knock on the hotel Coach room was door. Crying on the NFL today. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, he wasn't. I wouldn't say crying. He got a little teared up. You know, looking around, <laughs> a little bit of a tear. He's looking at you guys like he was mad that he was no, he wasn't, wasn't in mad. on it. He was no, but he like gave that look like you got you got me. You know, like real quick. Then he got emotional. You know how it. you feel when you you throw somebody a surprise party, yeah, and then actually you pull it off. And you you get the chills at the person's reaction. Yeah, yeah. That's how we were with Coach Cower. There yeah. it is, right there. Yeah. See, look, 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 he's getting all emotional. I mean, you're looking at him. Yeah. <sighs> look at him. Well, you got? You kidding me? Kidding me with this? See, but look at this, David Baker. Yes, I know. That guy. I mean, with the red jacket. Look at how big those meat hooks are. I know. And then getting a handshake like that from that giant hand. Yes. I mean, come on. That's it, a big deal. Yeah. What we got going on here? I don't know. A reality <laughs> show spot? What we got? I don't, I'm not really sure. Maybe it's JB's entourage. Oh, could be. By the way, speaking of JB's entourage, James Brown of the NFL today, uh, one of the people in his entourage is uh, named Fudge Brown. Yes. And she's worked many years in NFL PR and is beloved uh, in, the, in the NFL media industry and now works for JB. She brought us Fudge Brownies this morning. How they're, about that? And they're good. How about that? They're very good. Yeah. I know. You sucked one down in about five seconds. But she didn't make them. She bought them. Yeah. 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 But still, it's very yes. thoughtful of her. I think you asked her to do that. So now that I'm remembering this conversation, really? I think at the end when she was, because we had her on the air, I was like, yeah, show up with some fudge, will you? And she did. Look at that. So show yeah. Show up with some fudge, fudge. will you? <laughs> will you? That's fudge? how I said it. Probably not. But is it, was that really JB's entourage? Because they walk, it looked like they walked in here. It may be. It may be JB's entourage. Come on. I mean, did they sprinkle roses for JB? <laughs> I mean, and and like multiple people have visited on multiple days now to make sure the layout is good for James. Like, I mean, he's a he's like a prima donna now. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> I think they're getting him to vacuum right before he walks down just to make sure it's. <laughs> Pristine. This is incredible. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I had heard rumors about how high maintenance he was, but <laughs> but now I'm really experiencing it firsthand. Uh, it's unbelievable. He's a beauty, man. He is one of a kind. I tell you, it is it is so much fun watching the interaction. 
on Sunday with him and all of us for that matter. I want Al to just, I say, we got one question from our uh, producer, Al Dukes. And Al goes, what about the dogs? <laughs> what about the dogs? <laughs> and he knows that we do that, by the way. Oh, he does? Yes, he does. I would hope so. You know? Yeah, of course he, he does. He watches, he's into it, yeah, right? he's into it 100%. I mean, he doesn't live in New York, but he watches us on CBS Sports Network. That's right. right. Yeah, he's either doing that, or he's you know, he's sometimes he sits in uh, for CBS News in the morning as well. Yeah, that's right. He does do that, and he's one of those guys that could have a similar situation to Randy Moss. You know, his name is James Brown. All those years with the Godfather of Soul, maybe people confused that they thought they were getting the singer, right, or vice versa. Well, to your point, if someone was like selling. Like, let's say that James Brown went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and was going to do interviews in Cleveland for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like, if you'd like James Brown to, to talk about this, that would be like what happened yeah. now with the Randy Moss thing. Yeah. Horse racing guy, Super Bowl week, Radio Row. What do you think when he, his name's Randy Moss? So the amazing thing is, is when we go on the air, because nobody work, will work harder than James Brown. I mean, the amount of copy that he has to read through the prompter is just... It's nonstop introducing, you know, all the different interviews that we've done, all the different things that we've done. And and he has to be spot on. I mean, there's no I mean, it is endless. And it, and it starts, I guess, what, at one o'clock Eastern time, I, I'm assuming <coughs> somewhere around there, two yeah. o'clock Eastern time. Yeah, so and then we have four hours. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I will say this, you know, you know, I know people at the pregame shows, this, that and the other thing. Hey, look, you know, what CBS is trying to capture here is the flavor of Las Vegas. From us coming out here this summer to do all the promos where we were in all our outfits and driving the, the 64 Continental and everything on Vegas Boulevard on the Strip and all that other stuff. Hey. We spent a lot of money capturing Vegas and the whole feeling around it. And that's what the pregame show will kind of really emphasize that and, of course, the players, the coaches, and some of the key matchups when we get down to the hardcore football stuff. Yeah, and that, what, what JB does, even though he's got, you know, the prompter and the copy and all that stuff, I mean, that is an incredibly tough job to not, I mean, so there was, you know, Kevin Kisner, who uh, yes. he's now doing uh, commentary for NBC Sports with, with golf. He's, a, he's an active golfer, but he doesn't play in every tournament. So his first, he did the the Kapalua one, whatever that first PGA Tour event was out in uh, Hawaii. So he he told the story where, you know, Dan Hicks, who does the play-by-play, so Kevin Kisner just gets thrown in there, and he's like, man, he's like, you got the easy job, Dan. Like, I got to sit here and, like, you know, comment and have stuff on the top of my head. You got everything in front of you. So Dan Hicks was like, oh, yeah, I got the easy job here. Take this in and out of break. Re- hit this sponsor. Yes. Do that. Do this. And and, and Kisner's like, well, no. Like, no. I can't do it, man. I can't so, do it. you know, like a normal Sunday for us, there's probably, I don't know, I want to say about five or six pregame shows in local markets for their teams. So JB has to come in at 10 o'clock in the morning and he has to read the ins to all of those that go on before us, like in Pittsburgh or Kansas City or New England. And he has to do all of those reads. I mean, and then after that, then he has to open up the show and op- opening up the show is literally, it sounds, doesn't sound like a lot, but it's probably six to 10 paragraphs of what is happening around the NFL, what we are covering on CBS and where our games are. And I mean, it is, it's exhausting just watching him. Yeah. Well, this is why he's such a high maintenance prima donna <clears throat> is because he needs to be. So you think he's a high maintenance prima donna? Well, that's what, what I'm be- saying. That's what I'm being told. 
You know, it, it seems like you bought <laughs> into it. I mean, I've been Are you going to ask him that directly? Why yes. are you such a high-maintenance prima donna? Oh, absolutely. That's okay. the first thing that's coming out of my mouth. I'd be like, you got 60 people working for you. <laughs> right. He's, uh, he does, yeah. I mean, I, we and we saw uh, like, uh, an entourage come here. That apparently, uh, Eddie told me they were vacuuming the floor just for him. Then the um, flowers will come, too. Right. I mean, so this there is... some more people. Yeah, this is yeah. more James Brown people. Or JB. See, <laughs> prima donna high-maintenance. I'm wondering if he's even awake. <laughs> Imagine all these people that work for him or waiting for him, the 55 people, and he never shows up. It's a possibility. It is definitely a possibility. You know, big, big man likes to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he likes to sleep, man. Do they have someone laying out his clothes and helping him, like, step into <clears throat> his pants and all that stuff? That's his wife. <laughs> Dorothy. Dorothy picks out all his outfits. Really? Yes. Like Kirk Cousins' wife does with yeah, Kirk? Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's interesting. You can ask him about that. I will ask him about that as well. So we got some interesting stuff. Yes. And uh, he's promoting what again, Al? Do we know? I was going to forward you that info during yeah. this break. Uh, some sort of a foundation no. for people. <laughs> for what? A foundation for people. Okay. What kind of people? Well, people <laughs> in need. Okay. And I know one did of... You, not, you did not read the email again. You did not read the email again. Right. What is wrong with you? I mean, like, Chernoff said it best. Al, stop being so lazy. It's a people in need foundation. Okay. And we're going to really dig in deep with that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, that'd be a great first question. So what is this foundation all about, James? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I mean, what are you doing out here? <laughs> he's doing his podcast. And he's doing the warm-up show because yeah. he's not producing anything. <laughs> you know, as a producer, you're supposed to be producing. I see. <laughs> I was going to do that as as we got closer to James. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thanks. Yeah. Forward and forward. forward along. Uh, thanks for keeping us up to date in the loop. <laughs> Foundation for people. Imagine if it really was that. I'm here on behalf of the Foundation for People. People in need. It's foundationforpeople.org. Boomer and Geo on the fan in CBS Sports Network. Because it's in Long Island. It's an option. CBS Sports Network. James Brown has six people here for him already. There are five of us that work on the program. <laughs> He's got more people working for him than we have on the show. It's amazing. Yeah. He well, I, don't think that- I don't think they all work for him. I think some of them do, and I think some of them are probably with the Huntsman Family Foundation. Still. Mm. That's what I believe. Still. That's how important JB is. But they get big hoss up this morning now. <laughs> telling you, not easy. I hope he comes in here bright eyed and bushy tailed, but I don't. I don't know. We'll see. You've never seen him this early, right? I, uh, yeah, no, we've seen him. I've seen him this early. Five twenty six in the morning, local well, time here, but it's locally. It's eight thirty, and we would always have a meeting on Sunday mornings at eight o'clock. So I've seen him early. <laughs> Gotta get big hoss up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's our big hoss, man. He's our leader. I'm all excited to talk to him in uh, about a half an hour. Uh, Jerry Recco is back. He's left his thousand dollars on the table next to me this entire morning. It's, it's been tempting <laughs> why, not to why steal aren't it. You, why aren't you putting that in your pocket? I like people to see it. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? I don't know. I have no idea. Right now, I'm, I'm looking at it. It looks fantastic. Okay. 
tip well, the uh, stewardess. You're going to lose it on the golf course. <laughs> That's going right to uh, Brittany from the. Or what, oh, by the way, I will say that I did get Brittany's Venmo. Or Bridget's Venmo. Bridget, it was Bridget. Bridget. Yeah. We got her Venmo, and uh, you guys all made a nice little contribution, I would think. Is that right? More than nice little. Yeah, it was, was uh, very, very generous, I believe. Because I did get a text yesterday, not from her, though. And I, I want to read the text to you guys. People don't know what we're talking about. Yes. Uh, the flight out, our uh, flight attendant was bringing us many drinks, and uh, we blew it and did not think <clears throat> to uh, give her a nice tip as we got off the plane. We were a few drinks in and just did a bad job. We wanted to make it up to her, right? So uh, we uh, we were able to do that because we got her Venmo. Right. I was able to get her Venmo yesterday, and I got the uh, the text message that came along with the Venmo. Hey, if the slaps want to send something to Brit, uh, her Venmo is below. So I think the slaps have sent Brent uh, a Venmo. You you yeah. guys have done that. Yep, so. every slap sent. Every every slap. Yeah, yep. I got to tell you. You know, um, speaking of slaps. I thought the dinner got a little intense last night. <laughs> you are a slap. <laughs> yeah. Did dinner not get a little intense last night? It was a quite a discussion about Taylor Swift, which yes. I didn't think people were that um, passionate about. Passionate about, yeah. Yeah. But they were. I saw you like slumping in your seat. I just, I, happening. I, some yeah. people are energized by other people. Yes. Um, my energy gets sucked out by other people. <laughs> I just have a certain point where I can't hear people talking. Right. And on these trips, you know, we're around each other a, lot, a long I, time. Normally yeah. after five hours at Jerry, then I mm -hmm. shut it down for the day. I'm a dog, I talk to a dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, You know, it's amazing that I've noticed. Yes. It seems like you shut it all down. <laughs> like you haven't really produced much. <laughs> I do tend to shut it down. When yes. I'm out of my comfort zone, I shut it down. Oh, you shut it down, yeah. right? <laughs> yep. No <Still> weather. <laughs> yeah. The, left you hanging. I know. I did. It, we, we, didn't the I, J, we didn't get the uh, JB uh, Hunt, uh, Huntsman Family Foundation stuff until about two minutes ago. Well, because I didn't want it to get lost in emails. All right. Mm -hmm. I do think you nailed it, though. Somewhere between 30 and 60 degrees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe some sun. Maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? Cloud or two. There's the JB stuff. All right. Perfect. Uh, all right, Jerry. What do you have over there, man? Uh, brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human grade dog food delivered right to your door. We're also brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beat Town Fair Tire. Nobody. All right. You nailed last we, uh, last hour's Ben Stiller congratulatory uh, message to Breen and Clyde. Guess it this time. We celebrating 25 years of calling Nick game. You might bring Clyde Frazier. And for that, I speak for all Nick Nation. We love you. Yep, it's Mayor Adams. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> It does sound like him, though. No, no, it's That's not, not Mayor Adams. No, it's not no, Mayor Adams. It's not. No. You sure about that? Yeah, yes. it's labeled as Tracy Morgan. <laughs> That's definitely Tracy Morgan. It sounds just like it Mayor Adams. It does sound like... I, you're not, I agree. You're not have Mayor Adams do that. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. He's the mayor of New York. It's and he the, clearly wasn't there. It was a taped message. I mean, it sounded just like that video I was but telling Tracy you Tracy Morgan knows a lot of Nick. Yes, yes, she does. Yes. yes. And featured a lot on the board. Bruce Spike Lee. You got him? Um, I don't know. I can check for you real quick. While I look at that, I well, will. Fleegs, can you do me a favor and find that Mayor Adams video of him where the the drugs and the guns are being hid? You can find that on YouTube very easily. And let me know when uh, when you have that and you hear him talk during that thing. Compared to the Tracy Morgan thing, it's it's uncanny. 
Absolutely well, uncanny. I, I thought Tracy Morgan would say, Mike Bream, I'm going to get you pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That was his shtick for many uh, yeah. for many years, Tracy. <laughs> we also have Justin Tuck, John Totora, and Steve Sharippa. All right. Those are the other three that are in the system. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this was obviously a big deal, so much so that the guys on the floor would kind of get involved. Looking at all those beautiful pictures from hey, back Sorry to interrupt you. I just want to say congratulations. 25 years, hey, guys. Congratulations, yes. gentlemen. Oh, appreciate you. everything y'all do. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. All right, we'll see you later. So that was Brunson and uh, and Josh Hart that kind of went out to them and gave them the jersey. So really kind of a very cool thing for them. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, they deserved every bit of that attention last night. Two of the all-time legends, obviously Clyde, both in broadcasting and on the court. And Mike yep. Green, uh, one of the best NBA basketball play-by-play guys to ever live. No doubt. Yep, no doubt. Um, Zoo, I think I skipped one, so you can forget about it. Just play the highlight now as the Knicks did beat the Grizzlies. Still no word on Brunson. He went to the locker room, hurt his ankle, but walked off on his own power. DiVincenzo holding, DiVincenzo driving, goes inside. Sweet move from Dante DiVincenzo. He's got a 30-point game. How about him? 32 on the night. 12 of 18. Knicks win 123-113. You heard in the beginning of that with Clyde about Brunson going in to get looked at. That's because he rolled his ankle uh, and came out of this game not sure of the severity of it. And that doesn't bode well for them for a team that's playing as well as they have. Here was DiVincenzo uh, afterwards, though, in terms of Brunson and how bad this could be or not be. Playing with him for so long and knowing, I, I said you good. He was like I'm good, um, and I didn't ask anything after that. I don't, I don't worry about Jaden at all. He might be good, but what do you think? He's got to miss a game or two, at least. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I, I, don't, ugly. I can't I, I can't <clears throat> guess anymore. I thought they had OG Ananobi and made up an elbow injury because it was a back to back with travel, and we haven't seen him in a week and a half. So that's true. I, the thing I, about I'm, it I'm is, is that I know he's I know he's going to want to play in the All Star game, but sure. I think that is off the table now. Well, that sucks too because Brandel's not playing because of his, his injury. Hey, he I missed both of them. JB's oh. coming. Oh, oh JB's yeah. coming. JB's coming. Sorry, everybody. Where's he Are we keeping us quiet? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, they can't hear us. It's like a parade. It's like a, a, a orange parade coming down. Is this a wedding? <laughs> Is it Here Comes the Bride? <laughs> no, no, no. That's a hail to the chief, right? Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, guys, do you have the uh, Tracy Morgan thing? Again, the congratulating Clyde. Back there, can you play that first and then play? Oh, there he is. There he goes. Mr. He made it. Look, and oh, he, he is dressed to the nines. He's dressed to the nines. He's got his wow. passes on and everything. Look at that. Yeah, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> um, all right. If you have the Tracy Morgan thing, uh, thank you, Clyde. Play that first. We celebrating 25 years of calling Nick game, Mike Brain, Clyde Frazier. And for that, I speak for all Nick Nation. We love you. All right, now play the 15-second clip of the Mayor Adams. This is where your kids hide guns and drugs video. Maybe a simple jury box, but if you look through it closely, you don't know what your child may be hiding. For instance, a gun. Look at picture frames behind. Something simple as a crack pipe. Something simple as a, as a baby doll. It could be more than just books. Perfect place to hide. Look at what... I don't know. I got to tell you. I mean, what... <laughs> 
It's like he pulled that off a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what the mayor did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but before oh, he was the mayor. I mean, I oh, oh, this is before oh. he was the mayor. Yeah, when he was oh, like... When uh, he was running? No, I guess no, when huh? he was a, at some point when he was a police officer. And he did, he did this. You got to see that there's got to be a better version of that out there. But anyway. Okay, they kind of sound alike. Yes. No, they, def- they definitely yeah. sound alike. There's no doubt. But that was not him. That was uh, Tracy Morgan, as we now know. Oh, right. Did you bring that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get to Kyrie last night at Barclays. 46-36 Dallas, 7 quarter to go in the second. Kyrie left wing three is good. And Dallas back up by 13. Yeah, Chris Carino with the call on the fan. The Mavericks wound up winning by uh, by 12. 119-107, Curry at 36, Luka Doncic 35-18-9 after the game. Obviously, a lot of conversation again about his time uh, with the Nets. He says, so what are you going to do? All the uncontrollable things that didn't um, work out or the circumstances that were uncontrollable um, that didn't <clears throat> go in our favor, it's life. <laughs> That's it. It's life. And then he gets into why things failed here. Obviously, I, I fell short in terms of the championship aspirations. But for bit. me, I think it was bigger than a championship here. Um, I had to really take some moral stances that uh, propelled me into a, a place in my life that I had to become accustomed to. And so now he's in Dallas and whatever. We move on. Um, from football. So this was running around yesterday. I think you might have even brought it up to me or maybe I forget. Someone did. So Brock Purdy met the media again and he was asked this question, which he didn't seem too uh, fond of. Pictures of you and, and uh, Lee Harvey Oswald circling around the internet right now. People think you two look alike. Did you ever hear that before? I haven't. That's my first time hearing it. Yeah. What do you think about that comparison? Uh, Physical comparison, obviously. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, eh. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, he looks like Lee Harvey Oswald. There's no two ways about it. That some Whoever came up with that nailed it. There are several pictures. I, and it's, it's, it's incredible. But obviously, you don't want to be compared to him. I can understand why. <laughs> did you see this yesterday? Yeah, I saw it. Okay. I did not ask him that in our interview, I can tell you that. You didn't go there, huh? <clears throat> I did not. No, you did not, of course. So <clears throat> he was also asked about something that could have been asked at our dinner last night, as a matter of fact. It's late in the fourth quarter. Are you prepared to disappoint Taylor Swift? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of was the theme of the dinner last night. <laughs> I don't want to relive this. I was just getting over oh, it. Oh, man. <laughs> man. Well, we can get to another theme of the dinner last night. Hit the next clip. 12 on the shot clock. Griffiths back out. Simpson had his man long go for it. Griffiths long three. No good. Left short. Rebound. Jeremiah Williams goes up. Strip. And the putback. Good for a bowley. And that was Chris Carlin on Rutgers. <laughs> Not last night. He had a good time. The uh, Rutgers winds up winning the game. They beat Maryland on the road 56 to 53. So they get back to back road wins in the Big Ten. Uh, St. John's hammered DePaul 85 57. So they did cover, right? They were what, 20, 21 or 22, right? Is that 22. what St. John's was? Yeah, that's what so it was. They won it, wasn't, by it wasn't the Knicks that were. Favored by 22. It was St. John's. It was St. John's. That's yes. right. Yep. So they wound up winning by uh, 28. Also, Fordham lost to VCU. A number one UConn beat Butler. Um, from hockey, the Devils were the one over the Avalanche. Colton and Lazar on the draw. It's one into the zone. Pumped back out. 
Blocked away by Hall at the blue line, and he scores into the empty net. Eric Hall puts a capper on this one. Yeah, the Devils win 5-3. That was that. So the Devils, like the Rangers and Islanders, come out of the break with wins. Jesper Brad and Dawson Mercer scored as well. And I just want to give you one. I know we got to go, but here's Buck Showalter um, talking about analytics. We played the one clip earlier about how guys from upstairs would come down and, and talk about maintenance days. And after a guy runs the bases too hard one day, maybe he needs the next day off. Uh, here he is, just his entire thought of analytics and kind of where it gets lost within the game. They present a lot of things to you, but sometimes it's a lot different in the dugout than in the eighth and ninth inning when you know what's going on mentally with a guy, emotionally with a guy. You know things that are going on on and off the field. There's so many factors that figure into it. So the best guys that I've dealt with are receptive to the other part of it. They bring something I can't bring. And he brings something they can't bring, and that's the exactly. emotion of why, the game in the field. Why do you hire somebody like a Buck Showalter or a Bill Belichick? Okay, they want to take in the information, but they also want to be allowed to make decisions because of their experiences. Right. Once that's that game starts. Exactly. I mean, if you don't want a robot there in the uh, in the dugout, do you? Although some people think a lot of them are now. So don't know if it's true or not, but that's uh, what Buck says. And the Astros give Jose Altuve a five-year extension, 125. <clears throat> All right, thank you, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live, the Build Forward Tough Studio. All right, Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. James Brown joins us at the top of the hour as he will break down uh, everything about the Super Bowl today, which is a four hour pregame show that you guys have to do. And you're uh, filming all sorts of stuff with it. You got your Brock Purdy interview in. There's some high uh, top secret thing you guys did that no one's allowed to talk about. That I'm very excited to see what that actually is. So you guys have been uh, busting your ass out here, man, yeah, putting this thing man. together. They've, they've, uh, CBS has put, and Paramount Plus has put a lot, or Paramount, I should say Global, has put a lot of uh, resources into this broadcast. There's over 160 cameras for the Super Bowl. They got the doink cameras the in doink the uprights, uh, in the uprights now for the first time ever. And, uh, we will have every angle covered and it will make, uh, Gene Steratore's job a lot easier, uh, as he tries to explain the rules to a whole bunch of people who have no idea what the rules are. <laughs> Cause that's basically what the Super Bowl is. You know, you got to remember that, you know, you have a vast audience. Yeah. And it has been growing because of, uh, of Taylor Swift. I don't care what anybody says. She's had a positive effect on the ratings. Our ratings have shown it with the playoff games uh, between the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs. And, of course, between the Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. She was at both of those games. I think there is a very unique viewer that is now latching on to this. Uh, just simply because it's a love story that's kind of unfolding in front of all of our eyes. And <laughs> Joe hates it. Uh, oh, man, I know no, you no, hate I, it. I, I don't hate the two of them together. Right. I, I'm not what? taking the bait. I'm not taking the bait. What do you mean? I'm not taking the bait. What bait? There's, there's you. I've got strong Taylor Swift takes. So what's you can have a strong Taylor Swift and takes. I don't. I don't. You're don't. supposed to have a strong Taylor Swift. Take. I'm like I'm down with it. I like it. I, I like the fact there's a there's a crossover promotion. There's a pop culture aspect to all of this. Yeah. The fact that she was on the Grammys the other night. Yeah. And you know all of that kind of stuff. And I just think it's great. So she's getting some crap now for not 
publicly putting out some sort of condolences for Toby Keith, who passed away, right. a legendary uh, artist, uh, country artist, because I guess that she, like, without Toby Keith, her career wouldn't have started in the way that it did. I, then there was, like, video of how Toby Keith was, like, introducing the world to Taylor Swift back when she was a teenager. I know, but, you know, the interesting thing is, is that you don't, like know privately what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that she's a superstar, and I know that she's world renowned, and you know you can't take away that success. But you don't know what she said to her to Toby Keith's yeah, family know. privately. Well, that's that's, and I actually I have her back with that because like when things happen with, I hate when I see people post pictures of themselves with with dead people when they when it happens like a dead celebrity and like the one time they met him be like oh you know and they post it and they make them about themselves or if somebody uh retires a guy I worked with in pittsburgh retiring i sent him a text you know hey congratulations on your retirement i didn't have to put it out there on like some people like can pat me on the back for saying something nice about him you know so i am with you on that well what would you do al if jerry killed himself when he hit himself in the head with the golf ball Okay, so he hits himself in the head. He goes down. The tree. He's done. Would I do a rest in peace on like, Twitter? Would you like have you guys like in a picture and then put it out there on? Yeah, X? I probably would do that. <laughs> you would do that. Yeah, I'd be like, here I am with Jerry. Prior to him hitting himself in the head with the golf ball, we had quite a run. Rest in peace. Yeah. No, I think you know you got to save it for the air, though. You know what I'm saying? That's like that. That's such a big like that first warm up show. Without Jerry is a huge deal. You'd have to ode, like ode. <laughs> ah! It'd be like ode to Jerry. Yeah, be like, welcome to the warm up show. Jerry hit himself in the head and with a golf ball, he's passed. Ah! CeeLo joins me this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, CeeLo. <laughs> Peter Schwartz is here. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you know, you know what I mean. You know, like it's yeah. I know. I, I people have expectations that first of all, Taylor Swift supposedly like shunned Celine Dion, people, right? That yeah. whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now this whole thing. I'm like, and then and the, she's the, been in the news so much, and the, it's not just the entertainment news, but it's also the sports news and the the self serving speech that she had with the yeah, this my, is my, my 13th new Grammy, my new albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, all right, great. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> That I, that I didn't like that, but you know, who cares what I like and don't like? Oh, well, I, we all do, actually, Boomer. We care what you like and well, don't like. Well, what I do like is I like the fact that she's brought a whole new set of uh, fans to the game. And it's a CBS Super Bowl, which That's you exactly guys are right. reaping the benefits of, right? 100%. Uh -huh. Like Sean McManus said yesterday, our chairman of uh, CBS Sports, he said, because we spend so much money on the NFL that they're guaranteeing us a double overtime game. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because it's all fixed, right? Yeah, of course. It's all fixed. Oh, boy, don't get me started. <laughs> all right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Quick break. We'll get James Brown in studio with us. He of the uh, NFL today, of course. We're in Geo coming to you live from the traveling built Ford Top Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. We are here at the Blue Wire Studios at Win Las Vegas, and he has arrived. And there's actually footage of him arriving here on CBS Sports Network. That's how much of a production this is. The great host of the NFL today, who will be hosting Super Bowl today on Sunday, Super Bowl 58 on CBS. And he is here on behalf of the Huntsman Family Foundation that we will talk about uh, during his appearance. James Brown. James, good morning. How are you? Good to be with you. 
Boom, this is really a first-class professional deal and host that you have. With no, you. I appreciate that, JB. Don't look at what they're wearing because they don't really, it doesn't come off too professional. Uh, but yeah, the studio's great, right? No question. I mean, and I told you, this is a first-class, CBS has done first-class stuff for all of us no doubt. since we came out here this past summer. Mm -hmm. And you had to wear the hat, you had to wear the jacket, it was 110 I've degrees out. more talks about the hat. I'm just hoping that this little teeny-weeny Afro wig is still holding place, you know, <laughs> otherwise... I will put a hat on, Boom. Uh, now, I had heard, uh, you know, Boomer had told me how high maintenance you can be. Wow. Times, and he had dropped that, and I got the firsthand experience now because there was like six or seven people that Al Dukes had to communicate with just right. to get you here this morning. And, and I, I mean, I, I am blown away by the, the James Brown contingent. If you ever catch me with an entourage, I give you permission to smack me. That is not the case. No, 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 no. Those are the people. Boom knows me all too well. I'm really engaged in a lot of cause-related efforts. Uh, Monica Hawkins has her own consulting company, uh, a woman with whom I've been associated with, she and her husband, for a long time. Um, I got involved, as Boomer knows, with the domestic violence space uh, a number of years ago. As a matter of fact, our first Thursday night game, we dealt with that, sadly, on the heels of the Ray Rice situation, uh, the rise in anti-Semitism. Yep. Uh, I'm certainly known to speak out about those things. And now this space here in terms of a mental health and as well as the fentanyl and opioid crisis, oh. uh, the Huntsman family. Look, I know we know them to be a very substantive family, but they have deep hearts as well and are committed to this. Had no idea how many athletes are challenged with the stigma associated with mental health. High-performing yes. athletes like Boom. So we're just trying to see if we can do some good. The Huntsman, they're looking to make a global impact in this way, Gio. And I'm humbled that they would have me to be a part you know, of that. JB, mm -hmm. do you know anybody in your life? Because we do have somebody in our lives mm -hmm. uh, that we all know that has passed away uh, due to fentanyl. And just how serious a problem it has become. And I know that's part of this mission here to raise the level of awareness. I think we all do aware, but we all have somebody in our life that we have lost due to fentanyl poisoning. And, and of the three issues that I just, um, chatted about, especially mental health and boom, I can't talk in great detail because while mental health suicide impacted my family, um, it's not my story to tell. As a matter of fact, I called the relative whose mom it was, very close to me as well. And I said, you know what, I'm going on Boomer's program, Boomer and Geo, but I can't, you know, talk about it without your permission. He broke down. This happened about 40 years ago. He broke down as if it happened right it's yesterday. It's heartbreaking. Yes. And, and, so and a I'm lot of this leads to, this. to suicide. No question about it. And Pastor Tanja, um, Tanja Miles, with whom I'm working, talk about a, um, a very gifted speaker on this and very personal, um, Look, I think we're going to do some good in making people aware, but more than making them aware, what are the next steps and talking about cures? That's what's most important. So, and I appreciate you guys giving me this platform. And well, this listen, the great James Brown is joining us, and I know that Al wants to ask you a question. <laughs> hey, Boomer, by the way, do you guys still run the drop, if you will? Why, why, why? Okay, Al Dukes needs to ask you a question. I got to follow his lead to quarterback. Go ahead, Al. Hey, James. Yes. What about the dogs? What about the dogs? You know what? I thought that was a pretty good start for me working at for sixty minutes. It was tremendous. Yeah, go ahead. And the way you first asked it, pause. Wasn't it genuine? Yeah, very genuine. One hundred percent. Yeah, great. And asked it again for emphasis. What about the dogs? 
what about <laughs> the dogs? Yeah. Oh, tremendous. I mean, that is, that's an all-time moment. That's tremendous. why you are who you are. Yeah, but you know what? Let me give credit to Michael Vick for really answering the question genuinely. Fellows, when I went to visit him at Leavenworth Prison, Tony Dungy and I both were engaged with him. We went there separately so that our colleagues in the media wouldn't follow us out to Leavenworth to talk with him. Everybody wanted to talk to Michael. I said, Mike, I know you got all the big magazine shows that want to talk with you. I'm coming to talk with you because I thought I heard deep in your speech, if you will, your your testimony, some genuineness there. I said, if you're looking to be paid or to capitalize on this, I'm not your guy, but I'll give you the opportunity to do that. I have hard questions to ask. He cut me off and said, I have answers to give to those hard questions. And I really respected him. And look at what he's done with his life since. Yeah, I mean, he's I, been involved with the Humane Society. You know, he was only supposed to do that for two years. He's been doing it ever since. So he's really committed to that. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Boom. You were no, saying? No, I was just going to say that it had to be a really difficult interview. I yeah. mean, had you ever been to a prison before like that? My dad was in law enforcement, not like that. Right. But my father was in law enforcement. He was a prison guard at the local prison uh, on the outskirts of where you were in school at Maryland. He was in Virginia at uh, Lorton Prison. So um, it's 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 a scary feeling. And when you hear the doors, those iron doors close behind those guys, they realize how serious this is. And there's no escaping it. So it was um, it was quite uh, unnerving, to say the least. So I was telling these guys just everything that you have to do on a normal Sunday. Mm. Now, this is Super Bowl Which, Sunday. by the way, Mr. Multi-Talented Broadcaster, you've done a ton of times as well. So yeah, go ahead. No, but not like you. I mean, so, but this, this coming Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday for you, there's a lot of heavy lifting. There's a lot of reading. There's a lot of uh, prepping. Uh, you and Sammy, our writer, have to work together. Who's excellent, Sammy yes, Smith. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So, Sammy, this is fun. Yeah, yeah. You tell me, you tell me the disconnect right. here right. between these two. So, yeah. how old is Sammy? Oh, that's a nice way to put it. Through GLJ, <laughs> the disconnect. Jamie, call me Square G. I'll go ahead. How old is Sammy? Like 25, 26. Right, and he yeah. writes like a 25 and 26-year-old yeah. would speak. <laughs> so he's got JB like our grandpa. How many grandkids you got now? I got four, proudly, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so he's got four grandkids. So, and and it's, sometimes it's funny <laughs> listening to JB read what Sammy's writing. Because they know I don't talk <laughs> like that. But go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this week, Sunday, four hours. Uh, Halftime, post-game, uh, you are on camera. I mean, how, how many... Uh, I would say, scenes are you speaking through? Well, I guess throughout, hey, boom, the payoff is when we're not doing the scripted pregame show. Right. It's when we do the halftime and we do the postgame because that's where we engage. My job is to, look, boom is from the fraternity. That's the word that I use. Guys who've played the game, they understand it well. It's important for me to understand the game, to understand the top line stories, the sidebars, but to be able to ask the intelligent questions of these guys because I have respect for the game. And that's something that John Madden and Tony Dungy, Bobby Mitchell, God bless them, they taught me about the sport to respect what you guys do. That's a tough sport. I've heard many guys who've retired like you go and watch a game standing on the sidelines and they're like, we played this game yes. as hard-hitting as those guys are unbelievable. How about the sideline last week in Baltimore? Oh. I mean, those guys are getting after I mean, they always get after it, mm -hmm. but even these Super Bowls are going to be incredible. There's, there's no question about that. You know, the, the, the other thing that I did want to ask you is that you're, you're a great basketball player at Harvard. You yeah, well, eight boomers sounds about what eight five pounds ago, but yeah, go ahead. No, so, I'm just saying, we years have, a, ago, we have Al, a picture of JB. What was your vertical in college? You know what? It was probably about 
boomer if I'm not lying about 46 inches I mean Think I used to 46 inch <laughs> vertical <laughs> jump for James yeah, well Miss Christina just got finished working with me with my <laughs> red fox or a, a hip my festus hip you know yes. having having had a hip replacement surgery about seven eight years ago went to uh, Israel with uh, Bob Kraft who Robert Kraft the owner of the uh, Patriots he was the face of the trip Ron Dermer Israel's ambassador to the U.S. It was his idea. They took about 18 Hall of Famers and their wives to go over to Israel because they wanted athletes to be the the mouthpiece to see what was happening there directly. Clearly, we see what's going on right now. And that's so very hurtful when all of us, I'm sure, affirm life, you know, in, in that circumstance there. Uh, but that's when I went to get hip replacement surgery. I was concerned because when I was, Robert Kraft said, JB, you're hurting me looking at you walk <laughs> would you go get it done so i set up the yes. surgery and the war that i'm on where all the um orthopedic surgeons uh, perform the surgery the nurses are telling me you know what orthopedic surgeons who do hip replacement surgery they're the only ones that can go to the hardware store to get their equipment to do the surgery i wanted to get up and leave because i saw one guy walking down the hall with a saw <laughs> but, but he was actually a building and maintenance guy so i was really nervous <laughs> So, so what is your vertical leap now? Oh, it's probably about a two inch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, two inches, okay. yeah, yeah. Talking to uh, JB, James Brown of CBS Sports on Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Now, there's these classic clips of, of guys like uh, Chris Berman when he loses it off the air that went viral. Oh, no, Boomer set you up. No, 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 he did not. He did. Go ahead. No, no, no. And <laughs> Bill O'Reilly, the screw it, we'll do it live. Have you had one of those moments? Because you don't seem like the type of guy that would like throw his headphones down and, and, and yell something. You don't seem like a guy who curses much. Do you have those moments or are you Teflon to that type of okay, emotion? Okay, I, I have to be genuine and, and Boomer knows me all too well. I am a man of faith. I think in 30 plus years I've done this. Maybe one profane word slipped out and I did apologize profusely for that i have quote unquote lost it a couple of times but it's more of a journalistic uh, frustration that i was expressing <laughs> just so that we could stay on track never at my guys because we're all in this together and the thing that i love about it is that we do have a nice camaraderie heavens when phil sims came to the show so many people were thinking that he and boomer hated each other <laughs> hey by the way they've made a lot of money off of feigning like they hate each other but these guys really do like each other. They know and love the game so exceedingly well. Boomer covers all sports, including hockey. I don't know if I went to Boomer to get some input, some advice before I was hosting a hockey show. When they asked me, I'm like, moi? Yes, back in the day, you were doing hockey. And they were talking about where research was showing that hockey wanted to uh, move uh, meaningfully into the lower 48, yep. and uh, they wanted to make it more of an urban game, so they asked me to host a show. Boom, Geo out. I studied those names assiduously for like three months because the worst thing you can do is to mess up a name. So when they're introducing me to the hockey press, it was so funny. The guys asked me, JB, do you know what the icing is? So I explain what icing is. JB, do you know what a two-line pass is? I explain what a two-line pass is. JB, do you know how they substitute in hockey? I said, fellas, yes, line shifts. I said, look, let's just take the veneer off the, store, uh, off the questions. I understand what you're asking, so let me be clear. No hockey wasn't big in my neighborhood, and I get that. And the only thing I have in common with the sport is the color of the puck. But I promise you that I will be an excellent host of the show. And it is perhaps the most 
interesting and exciting audio visual experience to go to a Rangers game, which I did to understand it, having worked with uh, Dave Maloney. Love, love yes. me some hockey. Absolutely. I just can't yes. imagine how tall Boomer is on skates. Yeah, he's intimidating. Yeah. Much, yeah. Very slow these days. They're no, very we're talking slow. about you know, <laughs> like snapping on the set, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So... I think it was two years ago, Bill Cowher had to do all the updates for week 18. And there were a lot of different uh, machinations that were went into that. <laughs> and because um, of all the playoff implications that were happening, mm -hmm. if you remember. Which, by the way, is your specialty. Yeah, he know, loves that. Go ahead. Coach had it this weekend. Okay. And, you know, he had his headsets on. He's got the ear. He's got the uh, the producer in his ear, Drew. And he's doing like update after update after update. And then Drew Kaliski, by the way, is one of the absolute best in the business. Yeah, he's go our ahead. producer. So yeah. he's basically telling us what we're doing at halftime. And the coach is like, will, will you stop? Everybody just stop for a minute. I never saw coach snap like that before. <laughs> he played coach. He, yes, played, he played coach. coach. He, he got not? angry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw a different side of coach. Coach Cower. Yeah. Like we, we see this lovable Chin comes guy. out, you know. Oh man, he just got so mad at everybody. <laughs> hey, one of his one of his favorite expressions uh in terms of he was sharing a story, and I won't call the guy's name, one of his coordinators uh on a Wednesday practice didn't seem to have everything internalized in preparation for the upcoming week's opponent. And so coach went over to him and asked him, he said, hey, wait a minute, we're not, we're not doing what this other team does exceedingly well. well what's going on? And so the, the coordinator said, uh, well, I'm, I'm not concerned about it. Bill says, you know what? I'm concerned that you're not concerned about it, you know? So, and he always says, it's get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. Bill exactly. Cowher's got all kinds of uh, witticisms, if yes, you will. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. As mm -hmm. we saw a couple of weeks ago, and he has even more of those witticisms when he has a couple of Casamigos in him. <laughs> and then they really start spewing out. Yes. Geo, yes. try eating in the hotel where they've got the um, uh, room service. They bring the little delicacies. And I'm looking at the popcorn that's that's brown oh, like it's been sautéed. <laughs> and so these guys, you know, they're the stars doing a hangover uh, routine. No, no, no. no. Oh, don't tell no, it. No, no, no. Don't no, tell it. Talk about don't that. talk about that. that. Okay, so I'll stop there. But they no. were recording. Yeah. I came in and I was wobbly and woozy. <laughs> and that's not me. And yeah. I asked the guys I'm heading out of the hotel to go to the shoot What's in the popcorn? And he says they saute it or dip it in bourbon. You got drunk <laughs> off of popcorn? <laughs> Come on. Did you? Bust me. Go ahead. Don't, 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 be, don't be delicate with me. Hey, it just, exactly. Well, I wish that were the case, but no. No, no. It just shows you how clean my system is. Yeah, but I definitely right. felt that. Thank goodness I only had two sets of lines. So I had those. Yeah, going, but by the way, we're going, we're going over <laughs> rehearsal, but he was sleeping up in the bedroom. Yeah, sleeping off the bourbon popcorn. Hell yeah. Another thing that Boomer brings up all the time is how you, you have food that doesn't normally go together. Like yeah. it'll be like, like a, yeah. a bronzino and some Skittles or something. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Not Skittles, pears. 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 Okay. Yeah. It's like, is, is, this, is this true or is he exaggerating? It, it is true. Uh, Boomer and Dan Marino, they saw me... Uh, when they brought my meal out, it was uh, grapes and like steak, you know, <laughs> and, and, and peanut butter. And they're like... Boomer's like, but it made a bad hire. <laughs> you know, but hey, hey, out. It's I'm still working at it. You know, yeah. I'm just gonna go buy some nice spanks later today. And no, I mean, listen, yeah. you you lost a ton of weight and yeah. have and mostly kept it off. Yes, it's, I mean, been, it's pretty been pretty years. Yeah. Been, well, I don't know if Miss Christina Huntsman would think that the way she saw me limping around this morning. But yeah, it's it's been pretty good. It's so you were here good. for the Huntsman Family Foundation. 
Cider yes, they do. I pulled okay. it up here. It's uh, HuntsmanMentalHealthFoundation.org. HuntsmanMentalHealthFoundation.org. And uh, right on the front there, our work, suicide prevention, mm-hmm. prioritizing mental health often requires courage because it can involve confronting stigma, seeking help, and making difficult decisions. Learn more uh, at this website here, HuntsmanMentalHealthFoundation.org. Yes. Awesome. Can I just say thank you on that? Because, yeah. you know, again, the issues, fentanyl, opioid, mental health, cuts across Every silo, no one is immune to this. And when I think about athletes, look, Boomer's got some of the greatest stories about all of his athletic exploits and the kind of people with whom he's worked. And, I, you know, I, I need to be careful because what Boomer does share, and he doesn't reveal names, but there are athletes that he's played with who saw him as the uh, the godfather figure with the team to get things done. Yeah. And these were some people who may well have had some issues, if you will. But Boomer, thank goodness, he's a genuine hearted guy and tried to help folks. But now we're trying to put some structure around this in the Huntsman family. I mean, to be investing uh, mega millions, millions of dollars yes. to this cause is really pretty serious, though, for sure. Yeah. I, I know this might sound crazy, but sitting next to James Brown, he's inspiring to me to be a better person. Oh, wow. Does that make sense? Like, Yo, that's good to hear. Thank <laughs> you. Like, you Boomer say- won't agree with you, but you know, no, no, no. The no. problem is that he hasn't had that same effect on Phil Sims. <laughs> like, the way he's, you speak so nicely of everybody, protect your, your teammates yes. and like all of this stuff. And I'm like, man, I need to be more like you. Come I haven't figured to, it out come yet, Come over man. to the studio and hang out with us one time, Gio. I haven't figured it out like he's figured it out. No, yeah, no, he's no. totally figured it out, but you're much younger than he is. I, well, you got still, a long way to go yet. I'm still in my 40s. I should have figured it out hey, a little bit more. Hey, but you know what? Now, there, don't, don't get me started with this, Monica Hawkins. will tell you, there's a sermon that I deliver that's called, it's an athletically themed, biblically sound one called Break the Huddle and Run the Play. You guys are emblematic of a team here with what you do, which is why you guys are so successful at it and getting it done. People do take their cues from you guys in the morning. As much frivolity as you guys much engage in, you do talk about some serious topics. And I'm telling you, Billy Fortune at the, uh, what is it called? The, uh, not the Acela Club now, at the uh, Monahan building. It's uh, yeah, the yeah, Metropolitan Lounge. Metropolitan you know Lounge what? for the Acela. I'm telling yes. you, you guys, I go in there and he started his day listening to you guys. So you guys are the Bible. <laughs> so Gio, you got to make sure you're giving him something to be encouraged about. Uh, let me ask this, Jimmy, real quickly. Last right. question for me. And okay. that is like, you know, you talk about team and you talk about getting the most out of your teammates, which you do at the NFL today. And we feel that. We definitely feel it. You make sure we all have about the same amount of time. Every now and again, Phil goes overboard, but that's okay. We're used to that. Um, when a teammate doesn't hold up their end of the bargain, especially when you're on a road trip and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're just kind of, you know, mailing it in. What, what do you do with a teammate like that? I don't know that well, I've had that experience before, really? but if I do, I will go and talk. Boomer, I was in... A corporate America working in a sales and sales uh, management Xerox, with right. Xerox yeah. and he's been Kodak before. You do employ the um, the proper approach and you go and have that conversation at first. Hey, I didn't play the game, but I better be on top of it to act like I know what I'm talking about. Because if not, you'll boot me out of there as well, too. JB's asking me a stupid question. Can you give me a break? So, no, I'll have a conversation because okay. the... the, the the scriptures, Ephesians 4.16, every joint supplies. The, the secular expression is it's a rising tide that lifts all ships. But we all have to be carrying our weight to get it done. And I better make sure I do that. While you do that, okay. uh, and you just need to do that too. Uh, Mr. AD, yes, go ahead. There was one more question. Yeah, we had one more question. Oh, yes. That uh, Al reminded me of. Okay. Uh, do you believe that Phil Sims wears lady glasses? 
or are they men's Oh, no, glasses? no, no. I don't feel that he wears them. He does wear them. Oh, no question about it. Oh, he, no. No, no. Phil, Phil, knows, Phil knows I would never speak oh. ill of him. He's had Diana, right? Diana. He's had... I am tri tri trimming his oh, eyebrows. Uh, look at him. No, no, no. He wears his wife's eyeglasses, but he is oh. forever forgetful on true? everything. Oh, yes. Ask what? Call Diana. No he's, got it. no, he's got his own glasses now, but he's worn Diana's glasses. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> it. Phil Simmons didn't tell you that? No, no, we just, we identified them as lady glasses yeah. and... You were all over it. Yeah. Call yep. Diana. Let, she'll tell you the wow. truth. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was wearing his wife's glasses. Hey, that's, that's a whole hey, hey. thing now. Al Dukes, if you look at the show this week and Phil's on the other side of the lectern, if you will, you'll know that he had a fit with me divulging this. So. <laughs> Oh, there, there oh, they are. They're the lady glasses. There they are right there. Yep, there they are. Yeah, see? Oh, hey, man. But he can pull it off, though. Of course he can. Phil yes, was sir. a boxer. He, okay, you, you don't want to get him upset. The great James Brown uh, on behalf of the Huntsman family. You can go to HuntsmanMentalHealthFoundation.org. And the work that they are uh, doing here is just absolutely tremendous. And there are uh, many athletes who are now speaking up about their uh, struggles with mental health that never did. You know, a guy like Kevin Love in the NBA, you know, had uh, the courage to come out and, and say some stuff. So I think the more of that you get, the more that the stigma sort of disappears. And what Hudson and family is uh, doing here is, is great work. Hey, you guys have an awesome show. Thank you very much for having me here in the studio. I appreciate it. Saturday. Don't okay. we have rehearsal on Saturday? Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Yeah, very nice Thank meeting you. you, sir, in person. Mr. A.D., Randy Moss himself. I love it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> you got Moss. <laughs> you got Moss. <laughs> That's what happened. Yes. Yes. on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Network. I was told I uh, messed up the name of the foundation, so I have to, I have to get that fixed because I feel really bad. It's the Huntsman Family Foundation, not the Huntsman Foundation, because I guess the Huntsman Foundation is something else, or so the Huntsman Family Foundation. So I apologize. That family has put millions of dollars yes. into the community. Right, so I wanted to make sure I uh, got that correct Actually, before I got of, to Jerry. One, one, one of uh, JB's people that he was with said to me, from the country club to the street, that fentanyl and uh, uh, drug abuse and addiction runs through every segment of society. I thought that was probably about as accurate and as uh, powerful a statement as you can make. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's finally getting more attention uh, because for the last number of years, people didn't want to even talk about it or bring it up. So uh, this is uh, definitely, and I mean, we see stories constantly, tragic stories about uh, fentanyl poisoning. So, uh, big problem, obviously, as we know. All right, Jerry Recco is back with us. What's going on, man? We are brought to you by the Farmer's Dog, fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door and brought to you by Jackpocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. And Nick fans, things have gone well aside from the injuries. And last night, while you won the game, you suffered another injury. Brunson, jump shot. Can't get it to fall. Hart tips it. Brunson runs it down. Those are the intangibles we allude to with Hart. Keeping that ball alive. Brunson crossover, stops. Oh, no. He's grabbing his right leg by the right ankle. And a lot of the crowd standing up. He's in a lot of pain. 
Yeah, that was Mike Breen and Clyde Frazier on MSG. A lot of pain as the ankle went the wrong way, as they say. And he was having another really good game. 27 points, 8 assists, but does leave as the Knicks beat the Grizzlies 123-113. Dante DiVincenzo finished the job 32. Uh, obviously, you see Brunson go down. He says, we've done it before. We'll have to continue to overcome. Anybody can step up. Um, honestly, it's as simple as that. Uh, we have, you know, we have a blueprint from Coach Tibbs, and we follow the game plan, and just everybody be aggressive. And that was on MSG. And you see 123-113. The Knicks were winning this game by a lot more. It got a little closer than it needed to in the end. But as Tom Tibbs says, we got it done. I want to say that, you know, the you, we built a big lead and we didn't close it out as well as we should have. But getting the win is the most important thing. You just find a way to win. Isaiah Hartenstein and Precious Achua with 17 points apiece. That's 10 of 11 now for the Knicks and 16 of 19 as they improve to 33 and 18 on the season. As for the Nets, remember they had a couple of nice wins and then all of a sudden lost a game? Well, then they lost another game last night. Irving bumps with Thomas. Out of left wing, another three. It's good again. Timeout Nets with 4.23 to go. Two threes in a row for Irving and Dallas a 113 to 101 lead. Over the Nets. Yes. Right in the Mavs. Uh, now visit the Knicks Thursday night. Correct. Catching them at the right time. That is right. At the Garden. Not catching the, the Mavs at the right time. Catching the Mavs are catching the Knicks at Correct. the right time. Or you cannot. I mean, who knows? But I, I wouldn't think that Jalen Brunson would play. Third. I would say if they can go two and two over their next four and then the All-Star break, I think that would be successful. Fair enough. Now, you heard that uh, three was from Kyrie Irving, who did play well, of course. He had 36 points. This was as he was inbounding a ball. We played this earlier from a fan. Kyrie, why you don't play like this when you were on the desk? Why, Kyrie? Thank Mayor Adams for that, Thank Mayor Adams for that. You notice Bro. the kid there, too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why? Yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's another we New teach York him sports fan right. in training. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> that is true. Well, also, you have a lot. Maybe there was that a lot. was Evan. Yeah, why? Here was one more from Kyrie about how things uh, turned out in Brooklyn for him. To be honest with you, I don't care because um, that's going to leave subjective. Everybody has their own opinion. I'm just going to let it run run its course, and hopefully in the next few years it's done. And we just move on and yeah. move on. By the way, did you see real quick, I don't know if you in any of the news stories, you so you see the guy who was running around the airport in naked. Florida naked. Like what is going on with the naked people? Naked. Yeah, uh, it's like a new thing that people get messed up and then stripped down completely naked and, and run around places. Like the Bass Pro Shops guy with the inverted Schween, <laughs> and then <clears throat> this guy in the airport. Like yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's two guys out of like seven. There shouldn't be any. Shouldn't be any. There shouldn't be any. I mean, how many? How I mean, many times have you stripped down nude and walked through the airport? Twice. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, let, let me ask you a question. Twice. We often talk about New York in general, like how there's 21 million people in the surrounding area, New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, Long Island, the whole thing. Yeah. And inevitably, there's going to be idiots somewhere, right? I mean, I'm not shocked by any of this stuff. How could you be shocked I'm not by shocked. any of shocked. I just don't understand. Right. But the people that lose it on an airplane. He, but we, we have back-to-back just dudes in their 30s and 40s, stripping down naked in Bass Pro Shops and airports. Like it was, it was such a common thing they wouldn't write news stories about. Didn't it. Chandler Jones run out in the street naked and try to bite the face off of a police officer? Yeah, it was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah we All talked right, about so that too. But it usually has something to do with, <clears throat> you know, drug use. Yeah. 
I know, but a lot of people do drugs, don't get naked in airports and jump into the pool at a well, they may have shop. some other issue that they're dealing with or mixing drugs or alcohol and drugs. It's and good thing I didn't, uh, Rutgers didn't lose last night. I might be sitting here naked doing the update. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Or just think of me, I'd be wearing jail live one. <laughs> That's true. true, too, yes. And I didn't have any drugs. That's yes, true. just yeah. a lot of Casamigos. It was very good. Not a oh, So I didn't have to take the gummy because uh, you had this from Rutgers last night. Williams with two on the shot clock. Williams driving. Puts it in. Jeremiah Williams with a tough lay-in and a foul. And the official, James Breeding, says we got to take a look to make sure he got the shot off before the shot clock violation. Well, they did. I and believe he, he did. Oh. And he did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 56-53 was the final as Rutgers wins on the road last night in Maryland. <laughs> in Maryland. Uh, St. John's beat up DePaul pretty good. 85-57, UConn over Butler, 71-62. Do we have time? I'm going to skip the uh, the Pikel and the Minko Zoo. Do we have time for a couple more? Yeah, let's do it. So, you know, sometimes Chris Russo has a, a way of asking questions. So he had Clark Hunt on his radio show yesterday on yeah. Sirius XM, and Andy Reid's future has been a big topic. So here was Chris to the owner. I know there's, there's been some whispers that maybe he's thought about calling it quits. Now that maybe, you know, he wins here, he's 65 years of age, maybe he takes a little blow. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it takes a couple minutes just to suck, <laughs> suck in some oxygen. You know what I mean? Come on. You ever think about Andy Reid blowing clock? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> well, the owner did actually answer the question. I've heard the same reports uh, that you have and uh, have been surprised to see so many of them out there uh, because I have no sense from Andy uh, that he's ready to retire. All right, that's good, Zoe. So there you go. It doesn't Why look like it's going to happen. you retire when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback? You wouldn't. 65 Unless... years of age, fat needs a blow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would just say that if there were a health issue, I could understand, which this there could be. You never know. Uh, but if he is healthy and feeling good and he's got that quarterback, he's going for it, man. You would think. And I took it differently. I thought he said he needs some blow, meaning cocaine. Oh, oh. But yeah. you know what? Uh, legacy spot. Legacy spot is right. You got to think about that, boys. Yeah, can't walk away now, man. We are in the Mahomes era of the NFL. No question about it. <laughs> That's good. This is going to go on for an, at least another six, God, seven years. Win against Sunday. Oh. And they might. They might. And they might. Yep. I didn't realize the Niners were favored in this game by oh, two yeah. points. Where have you been? Not paying attention. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought I figured the Chiefs would be favored by a field goal or something. No. I and think that is it, not the it case. It really comes down to Mike Fonte said this to me last week. Greatest player in football versus the best roster in football. Mm. Think mm. the best roster. Mm. 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 Uh, Devils beat the Avalanche 5-3, to three, and Jose Altuve gets a five-year extension from the Astros, $125 million. Zero oh, are million. you tired? Pretty good right now. <clears throat> Not yet. Pretty good. You look like you're slumping in the chair there. Yeah, no, this is a slumping-type chair, but I think okay. I'm pretty good. All right. Can't wait for your podcast, right? Post oh, yeah, it's going to be terrific. Yeah. Okay. He actually uh, opened the podcast Monday uh, because he 
knowing everybody was listening to us out there. Yes. Was what was the question you had? Uh, was something about uh, towels or uh, how do you? Clean your butt in the shower. No, I'm saying when you go to a hotel, it doesn't have a removable shower head. Yes. How do you? Don't you have one here? No. Oh, I have. One. What? And then yes. he quickly realized people were listening to us. Okay. <laughs> Out there, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> well, it was. You guys were off the air, and you were Eddie was talking back to Fleegs or something, and it was out in the hallway, and I, I was mouthing to Whoops. Jerry, "Be careful," <laughs> you know, because like just something. God knows what you would have said out there know. in the hallway. So you don't know. All right, time for moment of the day, which is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila brought to you by those who drink it. <laughs> now, it, listen, it could have been some of the James Brown uh, stuff from last segment, but. Al's had himself a rough week, and it got a little more difficult uh, today as he was trying to chase a couple of guys or one guy down, and then Boomer had a thought. Don't get Randy Moss. Roger Goodell <laughs> walks by, blows us off. Saquon Barkley's manager says, absolutely not. Don't go on that show. <laughs> I mean, this is really, this is something. He didn't even contemplate it. Like, so what is this again? You're going on which show? Talk about what? Just absolutely not. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what these guys are afraid of, especially if like, I mean, I, I assume that there's really nothing good that can come out of it, but <clears throat> like, what like what do you think Saquon would say? Or do I, don't say- know, I would like to ask him about Isaiah Pacheco. I'd like to ask him about Debo Samuel. I'd like to ask him about, you know, all different types of things that have to do with the Super Bowl. Right. We know that the contract thing is is whatever. Like, it, it, the Giants are either going to let him go or they're not, or they're going to tag him again. Like, we've been over it 10 million times. Unless he comes in here and starts slamming Joe Shane or something, which he's not, not going to do. do that. That's not who he's, he is. He's a pro, you know? I mean, this is not Kadarius Tony walking in here and saying, S my D. I was just waiting for Eddie to tell them back there. Please. Yeah, yeah Fleek, send me that. <laughs> there you go. Moment of the day. And the best part of that was, right as the line Boomer said was said, that dude in yellow just stopped dead in his tracks and looked at him. Like, that's my what? Who? I, I, listening to that clip, I'm like, what was the thing that made this funny? I had forgotten. Mm. And I thought maybe Eddie had a drop. And then- I heard you say Kadarius Tony. He's like, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, S- S- <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Well, it's all good. No, no, no. no we, yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, Boomer and G on Fan and CBS Sports Network. Awful announcing, not wasting any time as they put out this post on X with the video from our show. James Brown confirms Phil Sims wears lady glasses. Quote, he wears his wife's eyeglasses, end quote. So now that is that is out there. I mean, I I, had, I didn't say it, just just so you know. No, it says James Brown confirms. Right. It's, it's clear as day, and the video is there oh boy. to back it up. I mean, I so it's so funny because James Brown just giving everybody so much credit and all the guys he works with and this and that and going on. So when I think that we're going to do the ladies' glasses question, I'm thinking he's going to be like, no, Phil is a fashion, he's a man of high fashion. It feels weird. This is where I'm thinking he's going. And he brings out the sledgehammer <laughs> out of nowhere. He wears his wife's glasses. I go, he goes, I don't think they're lady glasses. They are lady glasses, is what he said. Right. I know that you guys are fascinated by this. Well, so is the, the, the sports public, apparently, too, because 
Everybody's retweeting it. Okay. It is a slow week for the Super Bowl, isn't it? <laughs> if that, that if that's the major story now. Oh. I mean, you know, I heard they played us on Fox News today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Randy Moss, uh, yeah. Yeah, they did. Gina's going, are you kidding? Yeah, they played on Fox News just like 15 minutes ago. The Al Dukes-Randy Moss mix-up. <laughs> <laughs> we are all over the place. Fox News, we're going to be on Drew Barrymore today. We're all over the place. <laughs> oh, man. Are you ready for Drew Barrymore today? I am. I'm, I got to be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a, little, I'm a little nervous about it. Right. Because I've never done anything like that. I mean, obviously, this show is this show, and we're on live every day. But something like that, someone else's turf like that on national TV, like that's CBS, CBS, man. I've never been on CBS. Well, my voice has, like NFL Today stuff, yeah, but I've never actually again, yes. never been on CBS, CBS. It's a big moment for you. It kind of is. Are you going to be you or are you going to be fake you? Well, I kind of have to judge that situation when I get right. there, you know? I mean, like, what do you think Shane Gillis is going to do to SNL? Does he torch him or does he, like, conform? What do you think? I'm thinking that, that that it's not quite torching, but he will he will be himself. I'm I'm shocked that he's actually doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think mean, they that, literally tried to cancel him. Yeah, no, they did. Well, they fired him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, they fired him. And now all those, the stuff that he said that got him fired is now back out there. I'm sure that he knew that that was going to happen now with, with the Bud Light endorsement too. So I, I think he'll be himself. I also think that guys like that, when they, when they go through something like he went through, which was, which was difficult for him getting that job and then getting fired over something he said on a podcast years prior, like he, he wants to be liked by SNL. And those guys, like he want, you know, when you get to oh, a level so entertainment, mean. I just feel like, like people, like, for example, I, I use this example when we were talking about it the other day, like Howard Stern in the nineties used to hate everything, Hollywood, trash, everybody, kill everybody. But deep down, like he wanted to be a part of that. Like he wanted he, his celebrity. He felt needed to be validated by being friendly with Hollywood. And that's all he is now. I just, I just think when you spend years and years of, of, of people you feel like are looking down on you for something, you, you, you desperately want their acceptance. Now, I don't know if that's what's going on with Shane Gillis, but it could be a possibility. You know, when Shane Gillis does the, the Trump impersonation, yeah. it's not like a mean Trump impersonation. No. Like Alec Baldwin would go on SNL and it would be like a, just a mean and let's just make him look as bad as we possibly can. Yeah. Shane Gillis just, you know, kind of highlights yeah. the Trumpisms that, you know, we all kind of laugh at. Yeah. He was like, these guys, you know, they've been in politics their whole lives. It wasn't fair what we did to those guys, man. We did start talking about, oh, I like the economy. Oh, I like this and I like that. And Trump would get up there and go, Ted Cruz's wife is ugly. <laughs> yes, exactly. you got a dog wife, Ted. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so I didn't know we could do that. Uh, yeah, I gotta wonder. I can't. I gotta. You know, it's like one of those things when you see who who went on SNL and did go off script. Bill Burr, I think. It was a Bill Burr that went off script well, there. Well, Bill Burr, he, his. I don't know if he went off script, but his monologue got like people upset and pissed. But. That, that means they're effective, right? I yeah, mean, right. Right. they are comedians after all. Well, if you're a Bill Burr fan, you you loved it. If you're someone who'd never heard of him before, I mean, he went, he he did what he does, right? You know, and then they, they, everybody's going to be offended over something. And there you go. But I think Shane Gillis will be himself. I have faith that he will be himself. And if he isn't, 
I'll, I'll lose a little respect for him. Okay. Just like you're going to lose respect for me when I go, yeah, yeah, the Super Bowl is great. Through Ross. <laughs> I love Taylor Swift and his relationship is so awesome. Who doesn't love love? <laughs> Boomer, right? Yes. Can I have a hug? <laughs> this is what you're going to do today on uh, the I Drew might, Barrymore show? I, I, I might be. I, I might. I might turn into total fraud city. It is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how it's going to go. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not, like, that show is not what we but do. I, here's the thing. And it's the, you, I got to respect their thing. But I know the one thing I, that's going to happen. You're going you're gonna to meet them. Mm-hmm. And you're going to like them. Yeah, of course. And because she's so positive. Yeah. And, you know, you're te- you tend to be negative. You think? <laughs> Why can't you be a little of both? <laughs> yeah. Like, I could, personally, I, I don't like this whole thing, but I totally get it. Yeah. I could. Kind of hedge a little bit. But the problem is, as you've seen me in action, I get rolling, I get rolling. I have seen you in action, yes. There's no breaks. Or maybe that's why they have the whole thing scripted for us. (laughs) I just want to say, how how do you think you'll read your script? Uh, uh, Probably in that stupid ex voice. (laughs) 40 year old dads and their daughters are hanging out again, Drew and Ross. Cruel oh summer. Ooh, ah. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> I'm going to just be crying on the golf course. <laughs> what a fraud loser you are. That's what going to be saying, standing over the ball in the first D-Box. Listen, you fraud going, loser. You're being a guest or asking us to go on their show. So, yeah, yeah. Just be respectful. Well, That's I, all. I, I, yeah, I will. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.